Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, how you doing? I'm very well, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, uh, I've am i started listening to the new Corey Graves um, After the Bell podcast on my drive over here. It's supposed to be very much completely avoiding kayfabe, burying the product, but promoting it at the same time. I don't know if it's a work. I think I've only listened to the Seth Rollins part, and I'm like... Oh, well, again, WWE clearly, clearly threatened by our our listenership. <laughs> so they've had to jump on the bandwagon. So make sure you stick with us. And I'll, you know, give Corey Graves a chance. I, he, the kid's got talent. He's sure, got a future sure. in this industry. On the same thing, I've started listening to uh, Something to Wrestle With with Bruce Pritchard from the beginning. Oh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I've never gone through it. I've never listened to any of their episodes. I listen to other ones that Conrad's done over yeah. the years. But like, I've never gone from the beginning from that particular podcast have you got to the lex express one no no i haven't even really started it yet i just discovered on the network last night when she's looking for something to watch that they've now put the whole three hours unedited film on the uss intrepid of the lex yoko slam oh wow amazing and i I started watching i was like i just want to watch the episode of raw when he slams him as well so i went and watched that instead but then like the whole unediting thing even like fuji chatting to the ref it's just there it's really interesting time period that it's like almost pre-new gen but post hogan savage warrior yeah so it's like there's kind of that that dead space almost in pro wrestling history you know did you ever were you watching at the time when lex luger was doing the lex express and and then they had the whole like the power bell of the hit the need the hero not at all i was like 92 93 i saw a bunch of vhs's because that's when i first got into it as a kid then i didn't come back till end of 97 Oh, so that whole period in between the new gen i completely missed the first time it's an absolute gem cool but talking about going back into archives so we've gone back in the uh, network archives uh we've announced we've got our our competitors for super quiz cup three we do so if you miss super quiz cup two super quiz cup one or any of our previous episodes make sure you go back to our archive world of wrestling podcast.com to check all of our previous episodes best way to interact with us uh, is on twitter at world of rest pod thanks again to everyone who's reached out this week um as well on Facebook, uh, World, Res- um, World of Wrestling Podcast as well. New likes, new fans, new interactions. Yeah, um, I mean, the episode 50 about triple, quadrupled our numbers. Yeah, which was fantastic. So that was just like, holy shit, people actually give a fuck and watch this. And uh, people seem to have really enjoyed our silly um, wrestling session with Matt, like yeah. doing an amazing job. Like, it was really fun. Really yeah. good. And, and again, a couple of people as well, in all seriousness, had noticed when I was at SCPW on commentary after my Battle Royal um, appearance, <laughs> albeit slightly brief and blinding. Sure. Um, I was wearing my World of Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. Someone said, oh, I like your t-shirt. Where can I get one? You can get one at amazon.co.uk. Just look for World of Wrestling Podcast. £15, all-inclusive postage. Get it now. I'm so impressed how professional you are. Jesus Christ, you're good. You can see why you do commentary. So amazing. So today's episode, we are revisiting Progress Chapter 36. We're going to need a bigger room again. again from the Brixton Academy in London, England. The first show me and you went to as a couple. <laughs> um, and what a lovely date it was. It was a quite a warm September day, 25th of September. It was a lovely sure. Sunday outside Brixton Academy. We've been to see many, many bands there on different occasions. Yeah. 2016, three years ago, just yep. to throw that in there. Carry on, sorry. Have you ever played a show at Brixton Academy? No, never played Brixton. Jesus Christ, have you? <laughs> of course I was like, not. hang on, what are you getting at here? No, I know people that have. Yeah. So Feed the Rhino played there. They yeah. opened for Ghost, I think it was. Yeah, that was it. And so I remember talking to Oz before that because we were doing the Iris album around that time and just being like, okay, that's going to be fun, isn't it? And he was just like, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and Brixton Academy, where I saw Explosions in the Sky, when the next day I thought, just need to quit being a band. Oh, because really? Because it's never going to be as good as this. Okay, I've seen Slayer. I've seen Mitchell and Webb there, yes. which is a weird one. Uh, who else have I seen there? I've seen Real Big Fish and Goldfinger. Uh, I've seen Baby Metal there as well nice. when they were like doing their first, like, well, the second tour of the UK because my other half's a big fan. I saw Tool's last sort of venue show Seriously? There when it was there. Yeah, so it was Tool and Russian shit. Circles. When was that? That would have been 2007. That, oh, wow. Okay. Because the day afterwards, I was going to Reading. So I basically got the train to London got back to Canterbury and then went up to Reading first thing the next morning and then stupidly because I didn't know anyone who lived up in London at the time and you know trainee accountant yeah yeah uh, don't ruin cafe but tell you the real (laughs) profession um I didn't have enough money for a hotel so I had my money for my train ticket to get there and back and it's like should have probably just slept on the street and just gone straight up from across to Paddington and in Brixton in 2006 did you say 2000 I wouldn't have stayed in Brixton I'd say not Brixton that was terrifying at that time like I'd have come up in the world I'd have gone out to Knightsbridge it would have been fine I I remember driving through Brixton and going don't stop the car dad (laughs) (laughs) this is kind of terrifying and I'm a London boy you know what I mean like we used to go to not not clubbing but kind of go to different smaller venues around Brixton as well like I've seen a bunch of little bands and stuff and uh, I used to know a, a, a VJ guy who did all the visuals okay. for like DJs in the big kind of nightclubs yeah. it's called The Fridge in Brixton okay uh, and so like he's the guy I used to work with at a video editing company uh, and so like uh, I've got a strong association with Brixton let alone that we went to this show together and this beautiful relationship has spawned <laughs> from this well kind of this moment another yeah. indie wrestling love and such you know but it was, and this was the um, this was the interesting thing. So again, we'd seen each other, we'd got to know each other at shows. Like our various bands had played in together, or you'd come to watch shows, I'd go to watch shows. Yeah, I always struggle to remember how we actually met. We've talked about it before, but yeah, I mean, the first impression you got from me was that you thought I was trying to kick someone out of their band. And you thought I was a dick. Oh, lost. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you won't listen to this. It's fine. Um, and then we started getting together through obviously me doing the accounts for uh, sort of for when you were in your old business partnership. Okay, was that it? That was yeah, how we got yeah, okay. really into like, chatting about things and wrestling. You've got much better memory because you don't do as many substances as me over the years. Purely <laughs> Pepsi and cream soda for me. <laughs> that's great, man. Um, and maybe some barbecue based on a pizza. Awesome, awesome. That's that's lovely, man. I'm really happy you can remember that because it's like it adds to legitimacy to the yeah. story. Almost. It's when this show came out. I yeah. think you sent me a message and were like, "Do you fancy going to this?" And I'm not an overly outgoing social person. And I was like. Yeah, I'm going to try and do something new this year. Sure, yeah. yeah. Let's go to wrestling. We got tickets. Um, I think we were... I think you were the only person I knew at the time that understood BritRess, kind yeah. of like I understood BritRess, because yeah. you paid attention to the indie scene. Yeah, and we got our tickets. I think we were like 12 rows back yeah. you know, where we were sat. It the wasn't tickets, too bad. Tickets were great. We were like on the edge of the aisle. So if you're looking at the ring, we're on the left-hand side, about 12 rows back on the aisle. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a really nice spot to be. Like, it's... I remember sitting down and going, oh, fuck, I'm 5'6", I forgot about this. <laughs> There's a bunch of heads in front of me, you know? But as we got to the second half, then we went off and stood at the side yeah. of the venue. But if you've never been to Brixton, what a fantastic music venue. It's gorgeous. The sound is okay. It's a bit tall, so it's a bit wafty sometimes. Yeah. But in terms of getting there, public transport, how it looks like. It looks like a Roman Colosseum when you're it. looking at it. It's fucking gorgeous. The detailing man. or like the panelling on the ceiling as well. Yeah, I know beautiful. this is what people join us for this podcast for, is the architecture it's of the, the wrestling it's venue. The, <laughs> it's the detail you don't see if you've never been there. It's yeah. not just an old theatre, because that's what it is, obviously. Yeah. It, it's, it's a religious experience for us kids that want to rock pop shows, whatever, as Londoners. You Can know you I mean? imagine if they 
if a story hadn't been London Astoria hadn't been knocked down for all the like cross rail and everything, and that they'd done a wrestling show at London Astoria, how yeah. that would have been such an intimate venue to have that in there. So I've been to four or five, probably more gigs at Brixton. I've yeah. been to fifty at the Astoria because yeah. it was always the slightly smaller bands. It's like one thousand. The next to the next step up, they go a story. Well, they do LA two, then they do a yeah, story, yeah. and then they go Brixton for the you next. Call it the around. LA two. I love you. You yeah. didn't call it the Mean Fiddler. And I'm no. like, yes, boy, old school. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a shame that that's now a block of flats, part of the underground. Yeah. It was bullshit. It was part of the Olympics that was shut down, you know? And I remember walking past the Astoria, and there was a big sign at the front on the billboards going, save the Astoria. And I was like, fuck no, how dare you? But yeah. that's not what this podcast is about today, I guess. It's more about Brixton, you know? Yeah, but... And um, obviously Rev Pro have done some shows in Brixton, because there was one I couldn't go to. You went to a Rev Pro show, which was near a child soft play centre, wasn't it? I it can't was, remember It was that. so weird. It was in, like, a sports hall. Like, yeah. It was... It was, um, it was um, put as like a Rev Pro versus New Japan sort of Worlds yeah. Collide sort of show, and it was um it was a nice place to be actually. It was kind of weird, and then there was these kind of concrete steps on the outside of the building that kind of lead up into a, like a giant complex that I think is like the local sports center for yeah. Brixton as such. So I imagine over the years it's had some experiences around there. <laughs> There's lots of dark alleyways and yes. corners, and the main market goes down there as well. It was it was a surreal experience. That was me and Nick went to see that show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, quick thing back though, as you said about the dark alleys and back to the London Astoria. Yeah. A little story of my my child before we get back into it. I've got a few in that alley I, as well. I, <laughs> I got hustled near the Astoria by a very scary looking dude who said, "You got changed for a twenty pound note." Oh, and me nice. being young and naive, I was like, "Yeah, I do." So he grabbed my two ten pound notes and said, "Come round this corner." I was right. like, at that stage, I was like, "I'm I'm either going to get stabbed or punched." But I'm definitely not getting my twenty pounds back. Yeah, yeah. Walk around the corner, grab around the neck, and said, "You tell anyone about this? I'm gonna fucking knife you." And just walk down the alleyway. <laughs> and my, and on my the one up the side of the, uh, yeah, the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. And my thought process there was, um, I was like, I'm not gonna be able to buy to buy any less than Jake merch today. <laughs> I've seen less than Jake there a few times yeah. as well. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if going to wrestling, be careful down these dark alleyways. Sure, sure. But, I mean, I'm a Londoner. No offense, but I would never be cautious with that. Dude comes up to me and asks me for twenty grand. I'm like, fuck off, cunt. <laughs> You know what I mean? But like, as opposed know. to me, so from the country, it's like, oh, of course I can possibly help you out. Would you like some honey? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we jump into this, I have one story. Go, on, let's go for it. So outside uh, the Astoria, my friend, uh, my friend John gets to the gig early. It was Dragon Force, weirdly. Like, no, I'm not a big Dragon Force fan so much, but like, you know, who loves a solo? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so John turns up, uh, standing in front of the crew, pretty much, with a guy called Bidley, who I now know as a friend, right? But a guy who's come down from Cambridge to a gig, they're standing with each other for literally six, seven hours at the front of the queue at the Astoria. I turn up last minute, jump the queue, get in front of them with them, because I'm a cunt, you know what I mean? And like, this Bidley dude took a phone, a photo of me, pissed out of his face, okay? Uh, my friend John throws a beer bottle up in the sky because he's fucked out of his face, but they've been drinking for six, seven hours as the security guy walks past, smashes by his feet. He's like, who threw that? Grabs my friend John, takes him out of the queue, right? Puts him to the back, so I've stolen his spot. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. John, we then give him a baseball hat. We put my long trench coat on him. <laughs> I love the fact you're wearing a trench coat. So we, goth. We sneak him in through the venue, right? <laughs> we get down to the front because we're literally the first people in, which I hate being the front in gigs. I'm, I'm more of a stand at the back and drink and do whatever, especially smoke back in those days as well. Anyway, um, so we find out the security guard, who's the guy that chucked him out, is directly in front of us, working the stage. Uh, my friend John's like, hello, man. The guy tries to jump the barrier as John disappears into the crowd. <laughs> it's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Fucking absolute banter, mate. But the next day, um, I got a message from that guy, Bidley. He woke up going, 
sent me a text going, why the fuck is it your face that's on the background of my phone? <laughs> so yeah, it's a weird one. Which led to a kind of lifetime of friendship like with these guys, yeah. you know? It's lovely how you meet these randoms at shows and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you meet the same at wrestling. I and mean, then this is, you know, true sure. time with progress because progress wrestling we've covered it because we obviously we were invited to go and cover it at Wembley as part of their media scrums and everything which is very cool of them to do it they've been very cool to yeah. us yeah um and this is a time period of progress which i absolutely loved i know we've been a little bit critical of progress recently because again it pride itself on homegrown brit rest no imports and on this card there were two imports one of which was tommy end yeah sure yeah Okay, I hadn't thought about the terms of the imports, but yeah, no, it's pretty much Brit- British guys the whole way through this, isn't it? Yeah, British guys and girls all the yeah, way through. It's great. Yeah. And this progress fans, it's like I liken it to ECW. It's, it's oh. pro- <laughs> well, no, 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 no. As in the fans' <laughs> okay. mentality towards it. Mm. It's if you say anything n- even slightly negative about progress, they are on you. If you have an opinion that's mildly negative about progress, they are always willing to defend the product to the hilt they will def- even if the thought is probably accurate agreed by most people yeah the hard and progress man be like no i don't believe you this is no this is what's best for this angle i remember something an exchange on twitter after the wembley about dragonov losing to pete dunn right and basically saying terrible he joke. should have just run through pete dunn they could have pushed this guy as a monster and a couple of guys on Twitter were like, no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. Pete Dunne needed to go. He needed to do this because to, to, to keep the relationship with WWE going. It's like, no, because they they can't. They need heels. Yeah. They need good heels. And I appreciate everyone's entitled to an opinion, but my God, they were so angry that someone was like, no, Pete Dunne must have beaten Dragunov. But this time period of the wrestling, the storytelling, Havoc being out for a year, yeah, yeah. man... And, and to do two and a half, just under two and a half thousand for a Brit rest show. It's crazy, isn't it? Lovely. Do you want to that was the big thing about this is that I remember sitting with you in the crowd going, just look around. Think about five years ago. <laughs> Three people in like a leisure centre. We're not joking. Yeah. I've literally watched like the uh, the reborn of the Hammerlock shows, actually. I was in, uh, you know, when they tried to revamp yeah. it like years later, there was a cage match between john ryan and jimmy havoc i think and i must have watched that with 15 people in the crowd yeah you know what i mean like i remember going to ipw shows which is a big the biggest indie in the uk yeah. at the time with less than 50 people you know what i mean and for them it's to good pull... their crowd numbers have improved <laughs> for progress in such a short time to pull this amount of people i remember sitting with you and just being like just look around what's happened isn't this fucking incredible just take it in for a second you know because a lot of the time you go to these shows and you don't really take in what you're experiencing you're just there to watch the wrestling yeah and this was a magical just moment in time for british wrestling yeah and progress so this was brilliant so the layout of the venue um it was basically all the seats facing the ring so there wasn't there were a couple of i think maybe five or six rows leading to like the entrance way yeah um but everything else was facing the ring. And even up on the balcony or so, the seated tickets, if you're watching a concert at, at Brixton, just looking down on the ring. And whilst I was really happy with where we were sat, it would have been quite cool possibly to go up to that top balcony just to look down to see if the visual of everything. Yeah, uh, It's it, always the thing with wrestling show football, whatever. It's the choice of either you're down in the front where you might miss some of the action because people's heads in the way, whatever it is. Or, but you get the experience of yeah. being in, in a thrall of people almost, you know. Or you're up where you can actually see what's happening. And maybe the experience isn't quite as immersive as you might like it to yeah. be. 
I'm definitely in the the latter stages of my life. So I'm like, let's go sit at the back somewhere. But, you know, at this time, it was nice to be down there. I think. It's how I am now with bands. Yeah, sure. Case, I'd rather sit and watch than be pushed about and have beer and other yeah. thrown over me. Because we're old fucks, basically. <laughs> we are very old. So, uh, as you said, the attendance around 2,400 people. There's no specific attendance anywhere online, but this is what they keep putting on commentary yeah. and such. Commentary, Callum Leslie, Glenn Joseph, and the legend that is RJ Singh. How was it to commentate his match the other day? Absolutely outstanding. RJ Singh was the first match I actually did commentary on ever. Cool. It was RJ Singh versus Will Power. Awesome. As the Southeast Superman. Nice. Um, and so to be able to commentate again on RJ Singh was brilliant. But RJ Singh on commentary, uh, I know he wants to be in ring, but when he hangs up his boots, I yeah. mean, he's got to be front of the queue for every promotion because he was really good. When we went to Wembley, Callum Leslie was lovely to us. He stopped, he talked to us, he was on the podcast. Like, go back and listen to that in the archives. You want to see our experience of walking around backstage at Wembley for Progress's next show, next massive show yeah. after this. Um, I love his commentary. I think he's really good. Glenn Joseph gets a bad rep from some people. Hmm. I think he's brilliant. I love his expression. I love the way he gets impassioned about the product. Those two, re-watching this show, they pale in comparison to RJ's insight. Yeah. He is so fucking good. Every single time I'm thinking about some sort of narrative that they're trying to do in the ring, RJ's picking it up. He's emphasizing that. He's not screaming, shouting, but he's going, oh my God! Like, he's really impassioned. I, I mean, I know he's part of the crew almost because he works for you yeah. guys and all that sort of stuff but beyond any sort of bias like fucking hell i really really appreciate listening to him watching this back his ability to analyze a match is outstanding and th- yeah. that's one of the things i think a lot of brit rest sometimes lacks now because if you don't have someone who's been in the ring and this is why i think in all seriousness why to start with how Corey graves was so good on commentary and how matt striker was quite good on his analysis side of things yeah because They've experienced it, and they can tell what the other performers are are trying to to go through. Similar thing as you said to um to Matt when we started doing a few shows for OWE, mm. you wanted to do some training so you know what each move felt like, so what to experience to sure. be able to convey that to to the audience. But RJ Singh is phenomenal at this, and I think as you said with Callum Leslie and Glenn Joseph on commentary as a three man booth, which I've never been a fan of. <laughs> no one talked over each other. Everyone had their defined roles. Glenn's passion for the product for the product comes through so well, and again, it's just to, if you'd even muted the in ring and the crowd, <laughs> you'd still be able to follow the waves and the journey and the ups and downs of it just through their the three tones of voice and how they told the stories in the True. ring. Absolutely, yeah. I will say um, this is a running theme throughout this show. I have issues with Briley's editing. So John Briley, I believe, is the person that's edited every single Progress show ever. I remember back in the day watching my first ever Progress show and immediately sending them a message going, I'm a professional video editor. I would love to help you out on this. Like, I don't want to be your editor, but can I give you some advice? And the message I got back was, we do everything in-house. We're punk rock. Fuck off, basically. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Totally get it. Your choice. In fairness, you've never had a positive interaction with Briley on Twitter. Never. Like when you suggested, because when we started trying after the show we're like oh we should go to more ballroom shows and we tried and tried and tried and could never get tickets yeah and then you sent a message to him i think which was saying you know would it be ever advantageous or would you ever consider moving like, to very a- gently yeah. <laughs> you know to, what I mean? to a bigger venue because obviously it means a bigger payday for you guys a bigger payday for the boys and his response again was pretty much like 
fuck off. Yeah, don't talk to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, fine, it's your product. You can do whatever you want. I totally get that. Yeah. It is yours, you know? And to be but fair, they've built they it define, from where they've got. What they, uh, at this time, especially promoting as punk rock attitude, I take as fuck off attitude. That's not punk rock. Punk rock's grassroots and immersive and wants everyone to be a part of it and it's like willing, you know what I mean? But I think, To me at least, but yeah. like, mm, whatever. But I suppose... This is get, me getting picky. No, <laughs> that's that's fine, fine. But, but it, flipping the coin the other side, obviously, as we, we try to do on the podcast, give it like a view from both sides of things. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to get from, you know, no wrestling shows around in London in 2012... <laughs> yeah that rubs me up the wrong way all the time <laughs> but there's literally a company called ldn that uh, ran in london rqw were running york hall every fucking week to no people but there was no wave of wrestling you know what i mean so, like, sorry did you just refer to ldn as a wrestling company because <laughs> they're called <laughs> london but i know yeah like i'm a londoner I used to go to fucking wrestling shows in London. There used to be lucha shows at the Roundhouse. There was all sorts going on in London. This is fucking nonsense. This whole, oh, there wasn't any indie wrestling until progress came along. Like, fuck off, was there? In London, specifically. But take that out of the mix for the time being. Apologies again. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a lot of this around the show, aren't we, collectively? There's moments, moments of it, yeah. yeah. I'm trying not to just yeah. do that the whole show. But, but yeah. I think their process of thought in some of these interactions because obviously they're, they're going to have people who want to get involved and do things because I know for example through messaging Jim a couple sure. of times it must of, be frustrating as hell yeah. yeah I've got you know I'd like to audition for this could you watch this tape I'd like to audition if there's ever an availability and they probably get that like tenfold a day yeah, yeah. and I can imagine through Briley probably doing it by himself then at the time as a full time job they're probably like well we've got to where we are doing it how we're doing it it's not broken don't fix it sure totally understand but as you yep. said there's there's I'd assume now quite a few of them are involved in WWE. The message I'll be would now be, thank you very much for your input, but we handle everything in-house. Thanks for supporting the product. Move on. Yeah, fine, exactly. It's it's just, as a video editor, what I've done since I've been 18, I'm 21, like professionally, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm now 33. I was probably at the time, what was this, 2016? So yeah. it's only a few years back, so I've got yeah. a lot of experience on my belt. It's watching their shows. I see very, very simple things they could do that would make it less frustrating to watch. You yeah. know, I don't think other people get frustrated by this as much as me, but it's, it's that I see little things and I don't want to watch it because I'm like, well, that's really annoying. I wish I could hear what he's saying in the ring. You know what yeah. I mean? Jim Smallman is a great MC. And there'll be shows where you'd be like, like, dude, if you just compressed that audio and took out the bass, it would sound fucking amazing. Yeah. And it's like two steps, dude. It's not, not like miracle or magic or anything, you know? It's simple shit like that. It's like, just just let me explain a few things to you, you know? Like Exactly. And I, there's, there's people who are wanting to do things. And I think by and large, through the budget that they've had, the production values that they get, especially for a show that size, because considering when they're used to doing stuff at the ballroom at this time, because I don't mm. think they'd even done any shows outside of um, ballroom at this stage, had they? Well, they started at the garage. Yeah, sorry, I mean outside of London. Yeah, they yeah. hadn't done any of their bigger venues. They hadn't done like Ritz up in Manchester. I, I don't know. I'd have to look at the yeah. list, but maybe they might have done one or two. But with the equipment they've got available, some of the budget they had available to them to start with, yeah. I think what they've managed to achieve is very admirable very very there's, very there's a reason i wanted to contribute yeah you know what i mean maybe interfere some people would see it you know what i mean but i could see what there was i remember that logo floating around on social media and being like maybe let's check this out one day but i was intently following RevPro at the time because they were down in our local area yeah i was intently and watching. updating their website at the time <laughs> well i wish they would but like you know what i mean <laughs> i like, mean to be fair it's still it's still probably dated 2016 at the moment oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> but there's like um you know you become loyal to what you enjoy almost and i really enjoyed a lot of what they were doing at the time there was good storytelling it was kind of the end of that ipw phrase where they got rid of that fucking pedophile you know <laughs> they carried on doing their good stuff <laughs> who's you know? re-emerged on twitter and dave's david star called him saw that yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, fuck that guy what a nonce anyway so let's carry on with the show right because we're getting into this there's 26 minutes in already <laughs> so this is free on progress's youtube channel you can go watch it now i'd, I'd encourage you to go sign up for demand progress give it a look like, so got much really stuff good stuff on there really really good. that's how we covered a um aaw as well and all the other yep. bits on there there's like lucha forever on there yep perfect great subscription service yeah. works brilliantly i'd say probably most for, of the time <laughs> for the content that you get on there it's probably the best value out of all the other pivot share on demand bits with the amount There's of promotions a lot out there got. now, but yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. There is lots of good stuff. It's it's cheap as chips. Go try it for a month, see what you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you enjoy it, stick with it. If you don't, whatever, it's fine. We're not here to promote their fucking services. You know what I mean? So we were there live as we talk about. We talked about our experiences a little bit. The one thing we haven't talked about is you had to leave. Yeah, I had to leave after the champer Zack Sabre Jr. just got to so Birmingham. So after, so you did see yeah. that match. Was- I, I deliberately wanted to stay. I missed two other trains I was supposed to get because it was overrunning because of, as we get to, Pastor, uh, Pastor and Seb. Yeah. Which, unsurprisingly, has been edited from the YouTube footage. Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had to catch up on the um, eight-man and the main event after the event. So Because it overran so yeah. much. I had to go to Birmingham because so I was, had a meeting at 8 o'clock the next morning. So I had yeah. to get on the train up from London to Birmingham. I remember you going, I'm going to have to leave at some point. And me going like, people always say that. He'll be here till the end. And then you actually left and I was like, oh shit, my date's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, as a consummate professional of rocking up to the Brixton Academy punk rock pro wrestling with all of my corporate gear to go up yeah, to my meeting and I just remember, yeah. putting my suitcase in the storage <laughs> and the lady looked at me and went, this is a bag, bag exchange. I was like, yeah, can I put my suitcase in here though? <laughs> you've got to do what you've got to yeah. do, you know, like the commitment to pro wrestling as well. I like, absolutely yeah. love it, mate. So uh, we did the classic thing. This is the best tip for anyone going to a show at Brixton. If you don't like where you're standing or sitting, right? And you want to go stand at the back. The side where the toilets are has the best view because it's risen, okay? And the greatest thing about that is that if security come along to you and try and move you on, you go, no, no, my mate's just in the loo. We did that at least twice <laughs> yeah, during this yeah. show. So yeah, it's a fucking great tip if you're ever in this particular venue or whatever. Um, let's quickly talk about it. How did the atmosphere feel to you walking in the building? I mean, everyone was pumped considering when we were queuing outside and you had people like uh, mark andrews walking up and down trying to sell merch and there was like this is the brit rest hustle i like yeah getting I mean, people to buy queue. t-shirts in the queue so there's no cash to the academy or cash to up because even show going yeah. there's card charges and if you buy merch on the merch stand bricks and take a cut so buy our merch from our carrier bag right now and i was like yes that yes, was great mark. hilarious stuff Top work brixton's one of those great ones that you queue down the side of the venue and around the back I remember actually when we did the baby one, it came all the way around, did a whole loop, yeah. so it got really confusing. But the venues, the locker room venues, are all above where the fans are queuing. And so occasionally you can look up and see like a Dave Mastiff sticking their head out yeah. or something or Chino Marino or whatever yeah. it may be back in the day. So I love the I fact love you it. link Chino Marino and Dave I mean, Mastiff. Those are the two people amazing. I saw do it, you know what I mean? So it's what it is. Um, what do you think about the production level live? So the seats, the the lighting, where the ring was initially for your view and everything. I think for the, how the venue was, the ring had to be where it was. Yeah, I agree. There's no that. other way they could do it. It's basically where the stage would have been. They took out the yeah. stage and put that in with some seats around it. Only a few, but then really the mass of people are all on one side of the ring, the front, the hard yeah. cam side, you know. Um, s- seating wise, as always, as we found with when we've been to um, Ali Pali as well, the seating layout is not great um 
It's the, about as good as they could have done, to be yeah, fair to them. for what they've got. My favourite part still, though, with all these seats, and as we see later when TK Cooper comes out, is they've interlocked all the chairs together. So when he went to go and pick one up, like the whole row started coming. It's, like, it's funny, yeah. It's fine, but again, uh, as, as we are uh, slightly larger chaps, if you are in a seat that's stuck next to the other one, you're then spending <laughs> a lot of the time like pulling your shoulders in for a lot sure, of it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they need to get people in. And there was a demand for the tickets to do it. It was, um, I remember it feeling electric walking in. Just everyone was so ecstatic that a British professional wrestling company had done this in the South. Like ICW had done it before. They'd done the Hydra, yeah. which is about the same sort of size. So we knew it was possible. But to see someone do it in London was like such a moment. It felt like everywhere you turned, there was a different accent. Yeah. There's people from across the country and Britain that had come down to well, be there for this And even this the guys who had come over from Italy yeah, sure. as well. The Canadians that Jim yeah. calls out later in the, mat, in the event and stuff. You know, It felt like a real brilliant international everyone coming together to support this one concept. You know yeah. what I mean? I remember being so happy just being there and be like, it's happening. Look at it. British wrestling is competing with the WWE. And in fairness, that was exactly <laughs> the same thing as when we went to Ali Pali and Wembley. Sure. For pro- in fairness, for Progress's big shows, the atmosphere on, and the lead up to it is electric. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good thing to immerse yourself in. Yeah, great. It was just really good. Really, really good. So, um, brrr, um hype package to start. Yeah, well, we get the don't steal our shit thing to start. <laughs> don't you wouldn't steal Ginny's bag and start a facial expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. Like, I remember seeing this first time and being like, what? <laughs> but then uh, it becomes like, so familiarity. Yeah. You know, it's a shame they don't do it anymore, to be honest. Like, I really loved it. I like done versions of it to keep that gimmick yeah, going. There's something it. about um, familiarity. Is there, there's a reason the UFC still use the same fucking music every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just works. Anyway, they should go back to the old belts. The new UFC belts are fucking ugly, man. Anyway. God, they're shit. They're really ugly, aren't they? They're terrible. So it ends with, uh, so don't be a dick. If only Briley took that advice. But Jesus. You know. <laughs> I had to chuck it in. I'm just joking. So start- we're never going to get invited back, and I'm never going to get booked. <laughs> the second I think of the started from the bottom, now we're here. Video packages. Yeah. Oh, Travis! It's great, Chris, isn't it? Travis. Immediately, God. the live reaction to Chris Travis was just like because he just died previous to this, yeah. wasn't it? And everyone just popped and started applauding, and there was people in tears. I remember yeah. looking around. And he's like, Jesus Christ, man. It was so important. God bless you, Chris Travis. Yeah. So there's a bunch of star filters on this. I'm a bit like, uh, <laughs> that's not great. But they started there's... from the bottom and now they are here. Yeah. There's some overproduced spot filter tri-color stuff going on. But the party atmosphere in the video and in the live crowd was so great. They could have put anything on that fucking screen. You know, yeah. it would have worked at this point almost, you know. Uh, so cut live into Brixton. Jim leaning on the far side of the ring. A wobbly ass pan across the crowd shows our faces. <laughs> the fans are chanting, this is progress. Loud as fuck. There's not a single person in that crowd not chanting. Yeah. It's incredible. When like crowds come together like this, it's like, you know, goosebumps. And watching back on, on demand, I thought when I was there, I thought nothing's going to top this reaction. But seeing what occurred later, even watching it at home, I was like, Fuck! Yeah, there's a moment. That's yeah, which maybe we'll one of the biggest pops ever. Yeah, yeah. So, the whole fucking crowd singing along to whom the bell tolls by Metallica because copyright doesn't matter on Pivot Share. Fucking a! I love the progress at this time. We're paying for the copyright issues. Like, it's a complex process in that you don't pay a set fee. You you use the music 
and then you pay however many people watch the show yeah which can be very expensive if you don't know what's coming yeah don't 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 put it on your youtube for free yeah that's a weird one i wonder how much this cost them to do it because yeah. like, i've looked into how and how it works and such and it can be very fucking expensive there are what are you trying to say about options. the number of strikes we've had on youtube for using <laughs> things there's licensing options out there but again like props for progress for using on this copyrighted music because yeah. it makes this so much fun like the fact that you get familiarized with those songs and stuff yeah. like i know why people can't do it now but like jesus christ when progress paid for this music it's brilliant they occasionally do it in ali pally still yeah it's fucking great so jim enters the ring the crowd pops absolutely massively for him our barter adams on the ring apron doing the social media hey buddy how you doing uh jim is genuinely gobsmacked at the whole process of what's happening and how they've managed yeah. to get here it's heartwarming to see his reaction i'd love the fact though if it's all an act and he's like backstage <laughs> like i'm 2400 fucking hell we should have done more i mean his years of stand-up experience yeah you never know <laughs> like you've got to be able to be that person in front of that crowd and do the right things so they respond to you yeah. you know but it feels genuine it but absolutely they, feels they genuine. eat it up yeah. and the number of people who get into like ring announcing yeah. and try and replicate and try and be a Jim Smallman. And please don't take this as a knock ring announcers out there. There's a reason why Jim Smallman gets the reaction he does sure. because he can pull it off. Doing this blase doesn't work for all crowds. No, absolutely not. There's there's times during this event when I'm like, okay, just get to the next match. Come on, yeah. come on, come on. But like, you know, it's it's their thing. It's it's their their staple. Yeah. Works. But and it and it must be flattering to see it but i sometimes think you see under these smaller shows where people try and be the that guy yeah and it just falls on its ass yeah yeah there's, there's potential to be something similar but yeah i've seen it a few times with other people yeah, yeah. It's a bit shit, isn't it? so um he starts with going hello everybody doesn't do the higher <laughs> i'm like no oh, that hasn't happened yet is that why you say hello everybody welcome to the world of wrestling podcast at the beginning no i say it because of dr nick from the simpsons <laughs> hello everybody, everybody. <laughs> you know yeah it's always funny and also um tell him steve they have a podcast i really like uh every time the guy introduces it he goes hello everybody and just really calmly and doesn't give a fuck <laughs> um so jim continues what an utterly fucking bizarre thing this is and i couldn't agree more it's just perfect yeah. uh, immediately some prick in the crowd tries to chant this is progress and i'm like it begins <laughs> like shut up we're doing the fucking show now uh jim does his religious experience promo and shouts this is progress at the end of it fucking brilliant yeah uh jim does some more talking i think oh you must be done by this point but now he carries on and toast everyone about two thousand pints of beer get lifted into the air and one bottle of water <laughs> um they do the whole it's your round thing one rule of progress and that progress that rule is this I mean, don't be a dick. <laughs> Buy merchandise. Amazon.com. <laughs> okay. uh, Jim introduces the announced team, Callum and RJ. Absolutely love them, as we've talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, Jim chats about the Atlas Championship, 205 plus pounds, aka Big Lads Wrestling. Uh, Jim introduces Glenn, who brings out the Atlas strap. Holy shit, is that a gorgeous belt? Such a shame they've retired it. I, I loved this idea. I yeah. think they ran out of big boys. <laughs> well, that, that that's literally it. There's yeah. not enough big lads to be able to have an Atlas division because everyone's below 205. It's a, such a shame, man, because this was such a great concept. We have guys like Volta, Rampage, you know, Joe Coffee, whatever, like coming through. At Ali Pali when we had Thatcher, Walter. Oh, 
and Jesus. that other guy yes, who doesn't please. wear shoes. That feud was fucking amazing yeah. with all those boys over the, like, the couple of years they did that. Jesus Christ, it was good. Um, so the crowd randomly boos. Oh, Chris Roberts here. <laughs> I love this gimmick. The, the, the king of the destroyer, Chris Roberts. <laughs> that was so good. Live, that was amazing. It's nice though, again, at all these big shows that referees end up getting some iconic spots in inverted covers. Sure. But the fact that Jim's always surprised. Like, why are you booing? They're like, oh, Chris Roberts is getting in the <laughs> ring to referee. Yeah, hilarious gimmick. Uh, years of stand-up really made Jim a special MC. I'll put it here just to emphasize yeah. that point. I mean, Matt Richards is going to do a fantastic job going forward from Chapter 101. But I think that, you know, he's he's going to have to be... It's going to be a completely different atmosphere to start with. Different good, different bad. Time will tell. But He I th- needs to not try and be Jim Smallman. It's that simple. Yeah. Really. I like Matt Richards, obviously yep. through the interactions I had with him on social media and also through his commentary as well. I yep. think he's going to be a it's going to be a different viewpoint, which I think is going to be quite interesting to see where progress goes after chapter 100. I'm a fan. Yeah. Fine with it. Absolutely fine. Or as he's currently under as the Halloween thing, Bat Richards. Oh, you and your fucking Halloween gimmicks. So, I don't have <laughs> any Halloween gimmicks. It's the time for me to rise to my feet. The fucking hate breed. And I'm like, yeah, I love hardcore. This is now. Now. So fucking good, man. So progress. Progress Atlas title tournament final. That's hard to say. Joe Coffey versus Rampage Brown to crown the first ever Atlas champion. Two very, very good bruiser talents. Mm, yeah. Hey, well, well, which, which <laughs> one are you? I mean, are you uh, Rampage so, or Coffey? Watching this back, um, I have more appreciation for Coffey working. He does so much stuff. Like, he's very precise in what he's doing in the ring how he's doing it like throwing his arm around to show he's yeah. like winding up preparing all this sort of stuff the way he works the crowd really good um wasn't a fan at the time um rampage is one of those old school guys that i love in british wrestling that i think deserves more of a chance if he wants to push it further well because he was in the um honor tour wasn't he recently he was at roh okay this week i think good glad good. he's still out there working yeah. and stuff because i feel he's one of those guys that help build progress and whether he decided not to come down anymore, whether it was a discussion or whatever, I feel like they kind of let him down a little bit is what it yeah. feels like to me as an outsider. And he did all right on um, World of Sport as the, like, the main heel leading up to Justin Sines and taking the belt as well. Sure. So he did, a, he did a good job and part of the wrestling agency now. So, that's so you're the, the guy that watched World of Sport. Okay, good. <laughs> I just found it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Coffee coming out to his rip-off Iron Man is totally cringe for me. Like, I know... I've seen the best Why? version of Iron Man performed at Brixton Academy, but it was not by Black Sabbath. It was performed by Electric Eel Shock. Okay. Love that band. Yeah, that's fine. You bastard! Have you seen Sabbath live? No. I have. So it's quite the experience. Download the last time they played with Bill on drums. <laughs> nice. Oh my God. There was a hippie dancing around a fire through the vast majority of their show. And I remember sitting there going, I'm in the fucking 70s. This is amazing. <laughs> when they kicked into War Pigs, I'm just like... This is a dream come true. Like, I've seen Maiden there. I've seen like a bunch yeah. of massive bands there. Never seen ACDC still, which was a massive letdown for me. I love ACDC. But um, yeah, seeing Sabbath at Donington was just incredible. Anyway, so um, yeah, but the da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. no, no. You no, need to no, embrace no, it and no, just go, no. oh, this is WCW. Oh, we just played the riffs slightly WCW different. were closer, you know? Like, <laughs> anyway. Um, fans almost make this cool, though, by singing along. Yeah. The whole crowd singing the proper Iron Man song. You're like, this is fucking great. Um, so, editing, all right? Little details start to annoy me around here, okay? There's an ink splatter title that pops up for the wrestlers, okay? But then there's a crappy corporate-looking stock 
blocks title for the commentary team and it's like this is not punk this is amateur like you've taken two random tiles and just stuck them on they don't fade in they don't animate like this is the little stuff that really starts to bug me about progress it's not consistent either yeah but again in this time in this time yeah yeah i'm fairness like the the block and credits at the end i still think are on the shows now okay really all right <laughs> so the match starts great exciting strikes and power moves commentary talking a million miles an hour because they're obviously very excited yeah. at this point uh, strike exchange and power slam on the floor rampage rolls to the outside robert starts to count him out robert says one and the fans go two and i'm like oh i forgot about this <laughs> fuck this used to drive me absolutely this is the first thing about progress fans i was like oh, i can't i can't watch it anymore the referee's like, one, and they're like, two, and he goes, two, and they're like, three, I, why, why is this a thing? Because I think Roberts can't count, they're helping him out. <laughs> what was this? I Did mean, anyone ever re- explain why they say the number after? To try and confuse, because they hope, but, they hope <sighs> Roberts goes, one, three, two, and that's funny. When it never fucking works. I mean, why would you continue to do it every show? I remember Jim on his podcast had a thing like, let's just stop doing that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank fucking God. Because they listen to him. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst thing in the world, isn't it? Uh, Well, we've—I mean, there's not probably been an episode (laughs) of this podcast that's gone by that we've not said about some certain wrestling chance. I know, like, Mm. you're a fan of this this match schedule for one four one four, and everyone quite likes that. I really don't like that. Okay, I I see it as like a little bit of joining in or whatever. But when it's just counting the number after, no, whatever. On the plus point though, it's good to see that people have that level of insight to count to at least seven, (laughs) (laughs) but also don't know the number one. Yeah, why do they call one first i just i love the whole classic counting along with the referee thing yeah that used to happen right? yeah do it and and the counting of the punches yeah absolutely Could you imagine if someone i'm punching someone in a corner and someone goes three i'm going i've lost count <laughs> <laughs> strikes headbutts both lads sell times three <laughs> they do it over yeah. and over and over again samoan drop off brett's rope by rampage it looks fucking great pile driver from rampage coffee kicks out don't After- kick out the pile driver coffee after commentary have spent a bunch of the match saying how no one kicks out of the pile driver rampage hits another pile driver for the one two three they're like i remember watching this match going this is an opener can you stay in the fucking ring please because yeah. there's lots down the front there's a big gap between the audience and the thing and the big first exchange the the the, yeah. the, the typical japanese heavyweight let's throw forearms and elbows and stuff at each other is on the floor on the mats so i didn't fucking see it yeah I'll tell, tell you one thing I remembered from watching it live to watching it back on the on-demand service or on yeah. YouTube now. Um, the splashes. When I watched it live, I thought, they look like a heap of shit. But watching yeah. it on the on-demand, I was like, they definitely look better from that angle. Cool. So well done on the editing on that standpoint. Live, it felt like this is two guys trying to work a heavyweight style that don't know how to work an audience this big. In, um, if they put it in the most brutal way possible. I wondered if it was more a case of because everyone's supposed to be doing the one upsmanship. I thought it was a case of going, right, we're going to go and set the bar, beat that. But I think they put so much effort into trying to make it a this has to be match of the night candidate as opposed to we're going to win the Atlas belt and do like hoss wrestling. Yeah. Imagine if they put one of the more high spot three person, six person, four person matches here. And then put this as the end of the first half. Yeah. I think the crowd would have been much more appreciative of what they were doing. Yeah, I think so. Al- and uh, Although, in fairness, they might have thought, while the crowd is still so hyped, to get this, if it's going to be a bit of a slower, a bit more of a sluggy, 
encounter. Yeah, maybe. I, I just don't think the positioning is right. This yeah. is very much a show of two halves as well. The first half is a little slow. That seems, you know? I mean, looking at some other reviews of this show at the time and also looking back at them now, that does seem to be the general consensus. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not like when we went to Wembley where it was very much like good matches throughout, but it was very much a one-match card, Wembley. Sure, yeah. Because as we said before, like Tyler Bate and Walter made that show phenomenal yeah just we all knew what was coming at the end yeah and everyone was kind of exhausted by that point but the crowd reactions are insane yeah. and when you can do that that's a special match yeah. you know, a special moment so the winner and first ever atlas champion rampage brown greatly deserved help build the company much respect really yeah. fun i enjoyed the match watching it back really to be nice to have a belt because again if you are not familiar with the progress product the tag titles that we'll see later is a shield Hmm. not the shield they don't have like the mini Roman Reigns like Moxley and <laughs> Rollins Dolls Clever the and, and the staff yeah the yin yang foam things yeah. are weird and they had the staff originally the, yeah. what's referred to as the Nazi staff by some of the fans because it has a big eagle on it I mean it's nice to try and do something different but yeah. when you see things like the Progress Belt and the Atlas title they've got some pretty belts hell yeah let's just skip over the most recent one shall we the purple upside down yellowy thing but we had a nice nautical <laughs> video package before the rumble <laughs> that was so weird I, it reminds I me watching it the first time we're going what so they got a boat they got access to a boat okay fair enough i wonder if that went inspired <laughs> nwa power with aaron stevens having tropical pirates <laughs> haven't watched it oh sure, mate. It's great. <laughs> the best thing about the clocks going back yeah other than the fact that my child woke up at quarter past everything's an hour earlier for a bit yeah 10 o'clock, I got to watch Power before going to bed. I missed uh, the whole of AEW Dark and I ended up watching it back because I was like, oh shit, yeah, it started at 11 rather than 12. <laughs> anyway, so um, the two lags, uh, two lads hug post-match. I'm like, oh really? First match in? Oh, no, no, no. Like, I know this is two faces essentially working each other, which is, again, a bit of a mistake in my opinion. Yeah. I love heel face dynamic more. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you can see that going forward, it just didn't work in the venue live, I remember. Like, the crowd weren't really into it. And you can see it watching back. Like, they're, they're appreciative because I think they're they're happy to be there more than anything. And happy with the Rampage result. It's a, a, a sign of respect for Rampage. <laughs> yeah, sure. Said. So post-match, Jim does more talking and introduces the six... I'm going skipping over yeah. the segments. They are good, but like, you know, yeah. whatever. Six-person tag team match of the heels of Alex Windsor, Dahlia Black, and the legend that is Ginny, with TK Cooper accompanying Dahlia Black. <laughs> Fucking hell, he's a good valet, isn't he? Oh, my God. Wearing dungaree shorts. What a cunt. <laughs> God, he was great at this time. <laughs> so so funny. So, so funny. So easy to hate, you know, brilliant. Um... Versus the faces, sorry, I should do the match for you. Uh, the faces of Laura Di Matteo, who's coming off uh, uh, the break with faction with Ginny. Yeah. Nixon Newell, God oh. damn, she's gorgeous. And Pollyanna, who's fucking great as well. Gutted, absolutely gutted. Um, Dahlia Black and Pollyanna aren't around anymore. Yeah. I mean, Dahlia Black, it, it just even with like TK Cooper and the early like, South Pacific power trip, yeah. What, what an obnoxious faction. So they good. were like so, TK so and Dahlia good. together was amazing yeah. it just made you, it was disgustingly brilliant <laughs> <laughs> I so. don't like seeing Ronda Rousey suck face of the idiot Travis Brown <laughs> but I loved watching Dahlia the- and TK are fine you know yeah. like yeah so the SPPC South Pacific Power couple at this point yeah uh, in, uh, in their make out while TK stares at the camera and they do sexy time <laughs> in the ring phase <laughs> fucking crazy Jim's reaction to sexy time in the ring was amazing. It's like, yeah. he's like oh that's disgusting <laughs> Ginny 
my god the heat this woman has produced at this point she's only like a year or two into the business she's one of the best wrestlers on this whole fucking card well did you see the pop she got recently returning no i didn't Mate. i don't watch their shows now right so, like... so um tony storm and i think it was a uh, danny luca had had their match for the winner would go on to face miko at um, the next progress show right cool for the belt yeah yeah tony storm lost but then I saw who, that, yeah. And then you saw, you saw who came out afterwards? Was it Ginny? Ginny Havoc. Oh, Ginny Havoc. <laughs> yes. She's trained by Jimmy, yeah. so it's like brilliant. So she's probably so with the mask, mask and the long coat, oh, heels. So mate. cool. I'm going to have to check this out now. Yeah. So uh, TK bops along to Ginny's music <laughs> in the corner. I'm like, God damn, you're funny. Some of them, and again, the entrance music, I'm really into every single one of these ladies' entrance music. Nixon so coming out to, to Be Star Witched. <laughs> Be Star Witched. <laughs> Say la vie. Is... I think you'll find it CS life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I pop so hard. I, I love the copyright music, man. Oh, what I like copyright most well, is like, London. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get let's in. say 2,320 men and 40 women all singing along to Say la vie. Yeah, Grown ass men. It's all our childhood. You know yeah. what I mean? It's old enough that we were all like, yeah, I remember that came out. I remember my young cousin Tom being a huge Bewitched fan. Turned out for me like, I'm listening to punk rock at this stuff, but he's like a year or two younger than me. And I remember literally within a year, he was like, oh yeah, D12 hoodie. And I'm like, well played, mate. There you go. I mean, clearly after blame it on the weatherman, B-Star Witched just basically went off the wagon. <laughs> oh, blame it on the weatherman. That was a beautiful Christmas song. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. The video was amazing. Fair enough. Hot it's girls. like Narnia. There we go. <laughs> so Pollyanna's techno Game of Thrones theme. I totally forgot about this, but I popped hard for it. I believe her name is Polly. 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 Polly fucking Anna. There you go. <laughs> Some dude is hugging and kissing their uh, their hands as they make their entrances. I'm like, that's a, mm, surreal. There's a guy out the crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's very involved in the show. That guy. I don't know whether he has issues or whatever, but like, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's in yeah. there. Yeah, he's certainly around. You know, but, he seems totally innocent. Like, yeah. give him his due. But and there's not some of this other stuff we've seen, like men reach across and tapping women's bums as they oh, go over the barricade piece of shit who the fuck does that you know what i mean me Scumbags. what <laughs> i know you wouldn't you're way too nice uh some pretty I'd go for so- boob <laughs> some, some, some side boobs you know? <laughs> there's some pretty solid feuds in this match i really enjoy progress's booking at this time yeah. as well uh tk is the valet as we talked about is absolutely hilarious uh so as the match progresses Ginny does the stars clash to Di Matteo for two gets a huge pop from the crowd because they're like oh wait you're actually gonna do the stars clash <laughs> yeah because then when she held her down they were like what's she doing yeah and then she, and put then her she legs put over, legs over and like, oh my god just that moment yeah. gets that like that reaction from someone else's move like yeah. really interesting moment in the match so the crowd pop for this and uh, nixon does a massive comeback as the match goes on I have a type and she's it. <laughs> so Pollyanna does cool shit because she's an amazing wrestler. I wish she'd come back. Like, do you know her backstory and why she doesn't want to be wrestling anymore? Uh, I know that she was embroiled in the early Edler issues. It's pretty much that. Yeah. Like, we can skip over it, I think. If she has a story to tell, I'm sure she'd be willing to tell it or has told it on Twitter. But it's such a shame because she yeah. would have been... It wasn't Edler. It was someone else. Yeah. But she basically had an abusive relationship, whatever it may be. Maybe relationship's the wrong word, but yeah, like I'm just disgusted by the whole fucking situation. But she was phenomenal. And in a time where, again, even in 2016, where women's wrestling wasn't overly popular, yeah. people like her, Ginny, and early Tony Storm, good God, they put it on the map and allowed some other fantastic women like Nixon to be able to then step up and be sure. noticed. Nixon, Dahlia, and people like that coming through, yeah. you know, really, really cool. So malfunction at the junction. TK ends up punching Dahlia. <laughs> 
Hilarious, though. He smacked her so fucking hard. <laughs> really cool that like a couple can work like this. Yeah. You see Dahlia's personality and how she is, and you can do it. So she'll be like, you better fucking punch me. You know what I mean? Great she was stuff. really good when she wants commentary in progress as yeah. well. I really enjoyed really, Dahlia's commentary. Really enjoyed Top it. draw. Guys, she's retired. She's just moved back to New Zealand recently. Yeah. So like, uh, I blame you, TK. <laughs> Let's pass by that. You and Mambo. You but and like, Mambo's love affair. <laughs> but like, I, I'm, I'm gutted she's not a part of our scene anymore. Yeah. But I mean, hopefully she'll get involved in New Zealand and Australia. There's a really good scene down there, kind of with the Japanese guys coming through and everything else as well. Like, There's good stuff going on around yeah. there. So hopefully she'll continue to be involved. But it would it'd be amazing to have Pollyanna come back. Yeah, I absolutely adore her. I would love her to be on there. But hopefully she's found peace somewhere. Did you, you, know did you ever I mean? meet her? Do you, have you ever nope. had any interaction with Pollyanna? I, I try not to interact with professional wrestlers I don't know personally because, like, heroes, you don't want to meet them and yeah. stuff, you know? A couple of times at merch tables uh, leading up to this, the most approachable, friendly, taking time with every fan. Yeah. Like, you know sometimes you see wrestlers... Like, when we went to IPW and you saw people just chatting at James Storm and it was a bit like can you move along because someone else might buy a t-shirt sure yeah whereas Pollyanna was engaging with everyone there was like there's some girl who stood there for like 15 minutes and there was a queue of people behind her and it's like well that's the interval <laughs> <laughs> Pollyanna that, sold no t-shirts that's excessive but but lovely yeah you know really, really lovely so Ginny fucks up Laura DiMatteo with an X Factor off of oh Brett's throat oh my road. god yes holy shit the stiff bastard for the one two three and the winners are the heels of Alex Windsor who is, is kind of there in the match yeah I, Apparently trained out the Norwich lot. Yeah, um, uh, the Knights lot. Yep. Um, I've never seen her apart from this match, I don't think. I tried to see what she's up to, and she's doing some indie stuff. Well, I found her on Twitter. Okay. Uh, that sounds really dodgy. I found her on nah, Twitter. No, I handed fine, her down. I just wanted to see yeah. what um, what work she was doing at the moment. She's still, she's still involved, but cool. it's, it just seems to be that the other, obviously, Dahlia and Pollyanna have gone. Ginny is one of the best flying, British wrestlers. Absolutely flying. Yeah. Um, and obviously Nixon's team with Dakota Kai coming back from injury looking awesome yeah. you know I really happy she's back now having her go down for that second knee injury in the uh, May Young Classic and just watching them just film her crying brutal absolutely brutal I mean great film like great one of our own, you know what I mean for like, WWE but yeah. it's a case of you're just following this poor girl crying her eyes out because she realised that she's got another 12 to 18 months of rehab yeah. but it makes you care about that comeback so much more yeah it's kind of cool you know well it's going to be interesting to see tonight as in you know Wednesday night wrestle night see um, them take on Oscar and Kyrie Sane tonight is that happening yeah so it's um, Dakota cool. and yeah I think it's Dakota and Tegan Tegan Knox yeah yeah yeah, yeah. against um, Kyrie and <laughs> might actually have to watch that that would probably be really Kyrie and good. Oscar four really fucking awesome wrestlers Oscar and Nixon Newell in the same ring that's going to be flipping awesome yeah sure Kyrie too I mean, Kyrie I, mean, like, I love all four of them. I just want to see Kyrie and Nixon in the ring together. <laughs> like, for personal reasons. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> so winners are the heels of Alex Windsor, Dahlia, Black and Ginny. I question this decision about having the heels win. No. Because you had that first match, it was kind of like, it's face versus face. Then you have the heels win. Like, if this wasn't Briggs and the crowd wasn't mad, like you might kill the crowd off a little bit at this point. I think because you're building for your main event. Yeah, sure. You're building for your main I just question it a little bit. I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm not saying anything, but you know. So, um, brr, a little sloppy at times, let's be honest. Uh, I would have preferred it to be two versus two or one versus one and really have like a feud builder match. But yeah. like, you know, you can understand why they're trying to get everyone on the card, et cetera, et cetera. Love the storytelling throughout the match. Yeah. Really I, solid. I think it's, you could definitely tell those who are more experienced than others in this match. But again, at the same time, for progress to showcase people of different stages of their development, and be able to merge them together and pull yeah. off a very good match. Everything Progress was great at at this time. Yeah. Totally. Even today. They're really good at pushing new guys through and stuff. They do a lot of that. Maybe maybe some of the wrong talent and they push them the wrong way, in my opinion. But, like, you know, 
they do a lot of good for the team. Well, you're seeing Car yes. Noir now get his opportunity in progress. Yeah. Um, Thank did, God. Did Thank you, God. Did you see his beef with Aldis on I Twitter? I did. <laughs> Hopefully that leads to something really good down the line because yeah. it potentially could. Let's get Aldis across the UK, do some stuff. If he's actually a prick, then it is what it is. But I think it's working. I, I love Aldis. Yeah. I'm hoping it's a work. Yeah. I'm hoping, hoping it's a work. If he turns out to be an absolute prick, I will be disappointed. Because I think he's a great old school nwa heel champion type. he is the perfect nwa champion yeah he needs to hold that belt for three years we'll see if he's an absolute prick in irl like yeah okay we'll see so at this time live we got the entrances for sebastian and william eva for a no disqualification match would you like to describe what you saw watching this live well firstly seb's twitter's gone which is a real shame that is an absolute fucking shambles <laughs> absolute shambles disgrace to twitter bring back seb absolutely bring back yeah. seb one of my favorite twitter users god him calling out people for being nonces on the british scene fucking a man fucking a well played seb and yeah. miraculously never got it wrong never he was he was always accurate he was calling out people and they get fucking found out years and they get fucking plead guilty and all this sort of bullshit like fucking cunts seb knew the whole time <laughs> but yeah but yeah diamond on twitter but at this time so we have the long built-up feud between pastor william eva bill eve yeah worst name ever but and um and seb they got their introductions in seb my god he was good they were standing opposite corners bell rings pastor runs in massive lariat Seb drops to the floor. Seb ran in as well. Se- they yeah. met in the middle. They both ran in. And it was one lariat. And um, Seb then didn't move. Yeah. And me and you both went, oh, this is good work. Yeah. <laughs> and then slowly but surely, the crowd goes silent. And people start getting in the ring and checking on Seb. Do you remember this? Yeah. And at this stage, you're a bit like, Ooh, this doesn't feel how progress work yeah. and as more and more people came from the back to check on seb and then jim gets on the house mic and says this isn't part of the show i remember saying to you at some or maybe i said it in my head yeah. i don't remember i said it out loud i'm going he's gonna pop up and kick him in the face at some point <laughs> you know but jim got on the mic so like, this isn't part of the show you know please bear with us please take your time go and grab a beer yep. take we'll take 10 minutes we'll come back in 10 just let's give seb the space we need let's give the I've medics a chance to work never been more proud of a crowd in my life everyone yeah. shut the fuck up and just let them get on with it yeah no booing no chanting nothing people like, just chatted went and got another drink just yeah. left them to it made Absolutely. sure it was all right as soon as he got on the stretch and off applause yeah really done. respectful great yep. it was it's a sad thing because those that feud guys. leading up to it was so good. Excellent, excellent, excellent work. If you want to watch some really classic good progress stuff, watch the couple of shows before this that have that feud with yeah. those two leading up and all the promos that are on YouTube and stuff. Fucking hell, it was great. Seb is a heel. He's wow, a dastardly bastard. Wow. <laughs> Again, another guy I missed from the scene. Excuse me, hold on. <coughs> As you die, remembering yeah, yeah. one of the best heels in British wrestling. Uh, I remember feeling genuinely concerned for him at the time. Like as much as uh, he's a dick, I went to hate him. Obviously, you see, you respect how good he is at his job. Yeah, I mean, and even uh, on the train up to Birmingham after this, I was a bit like just googling. And even you know, three years ago when Brit Rest still wasn't as as popular as it is certainly now, just trying to find on Twitter, trying to see if there's any updates on how Seb's going. And yeah. it, was, it was it was scary, but again. A thing that a lot of indies may not have, that Progress have always had, they've always had their medics. 
Yeah, sure. The number of indie shows I'm sure you've you and I have both been yeah. to when the medic is not qualified and it's just some bloke with a There's, first aid kit. The classic one that I always remember though being just disgusted by was it was um it was a Shakara show. Lindsay Dorado went to do a shooting star and landed on his face. Basically on the verge of breaking his neck sort of moment. And this, I mean, they never broadcast it live. They instantly stopped the show, sent everyone home. All the things you should do yep. in that situation. Yeah, cheers, Silver King. Yeah, well, yeah. Fucking A. Um, wow, I forgot about that one. Yeah, mm. Jesus Christ, that's horrific. Um, but then the, the Mike Quackenbush talked later about how they had a medic there who got pissed during the show. No. And so wasn't capable of looking after Lindsay and her checking he was okay. So all the pro wrestlers had to come out and do their fucking idiots, idiots job for them. And like since that time, it seems that there's been a big thing, specifically in American British Indies, that you have the medic on by St. John's, whoever it is. Shame it didn't work out for Silver King and stuff because they probably could. I think they could have saved his life. Was I that the th- thing? I think they could have saved him had they not, had yeah. they just reacted quicker. Yeah. And the referee not just like, oh, I'll just raise the hand of whoever he was wrestling. Yeah, fucking that was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's got depressing quickly. But fucking no, hell. But <laughs> switching a bit around, that's why places like Progress, like Fight Club, like ICW, yeah. like SEPW, when they've got their trained medics, they've got the people there who can help if ever needs be. And obviously no one ever wants to have to do that. But to make sure at an indie show you always have those qualified medical professionals yeah, sure. to help any talent if they need it. Yeah. Or even fans. So- yeah, yeah, true, absolutely. I'm just angry on Mike a little bit, so it's more towards you. Even fans! Uh, downwards, downwards. There Even fans! <laughs> <laughs> so, watching this live, this broadcast or whatever, you don't have this at all. None it just of this fades to black, comes yeah, back up. Completely cut out. So you cut to Jim giving an impassioned speech about how you guys lift the mood, like he's really trying to get people up. You can see the concern in his voice and his face and stuff, but he's doing everything he can. So out of context, this is a bit weird. Yeah. I think maybe you could have just cut this and just come to, you know... Crowd applauding, go to the next match. You know what I mean? But I guess it's most people know the story. So I think so. Anyway, but it's out of context. It's a little weird. And luckily, now we have a two-on-one handicap match. <laughs> I know what you're getting at. <laughs> There's going to be other people that don't. So stick with me here. We've got a progress tag team title match of the London Riots. Uh, Rob Lynch. Yeah, Rob Lynch. <coughs> Rob Lynch. And nameless nonce. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the current champions? Hang on, which one? (laughs) Versus British strong style of a short-haired, cleanly shaven Pete Dunne. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't remember this still. He's all business. And Trent Seven, who looks exactly the same. (laughs) I love that Trent. I love him. I mean, Trent has a bit more bleach in his hair now. Sure, sure. But he doesn't age. Yeah. God damn, those two are good. So good with their little middle finger gimmick as well. Fucking Early British strong style. Absolutely, man. And you got to love his blindness. Yeah. By like, this thing is a Jack White cover. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, it's amazing. But to do a two-on-one handicap match was really brave of Rob Lynch. Especially, did yeah. you notice Rob Lynch... <laughs> was... still working this gimmick, eh? Yep. Okay, go on. Did you notice Rob Lynch was really injured coming into this? No. Oh, the eye. Yeah, yeah. He got kicked in the eye or something. At PCW the night before. Yeah, yeah, sure. And could, like, barely see. Yeah. So it's to have great. to carry this by himself... So, the team that ruined Diesel Power by the Prodigy forever for me. I can't listen to it without thinking about these fuck. Well, one of those fucking dickheads and someone who we presume is fairly innocent. Um, who knows? Um, We're going to really need to get that lawyer and retainer. Nah, allegedly. <laughs> fuck it. Who cares? Yes, nailed it. <laughs> we need to chat about the dumb, ugly ass fucking yin yang tag foam shields. Wow. God damn, this is a dumb thing. <laughs> like, I know they're trying to do something unique, but. These tag 
shields, whatever. I know we briefly mentioned them earlier, but they're just dumb and ugly and stupid. Like, who thought to this? Imagine being a pro wrestler and having to lug that fucking thing around from home, you know? Well, Im- imagine, like, my-, my standpoint when I sometimes think about wrestling and you're, like, you're young and you want to win a belt and you dream about to lift up that title or wear it around your waist and then you're a case of, Mum, Mum, I've won a title. Oh, can I see it? I've got it here. No, no. Where's the title belt? Yeah, yeah. Why have you bought a piece of foam to hang up in your attic? By the way, tidy your room. <laughs> it's so shit. If you haven't seen these, just Google like you know progress tag shield. I guess it would yeah. work. Oh, it's just yeah. But I, I just I'm trying to do something different. But like this is terrible. But similar to what I mentioned earlier, at the time, if anyone had anything bad to say about the progress shields, yeah, diehard progress ultras. No, no, no. It's unique. They're the best. They're the best. They're not. They're just children's toys. Fair enough. Yeah. So British Strong Star go after Lynch's eye after the whole promo at the beginning about yep. how he fucked up his eye at PCW. You PCW. Say? Yeah. There you go. Uh, they then wrestle a nonce. <laughs> um, done. <laughs> Sorry, this has got a lot of that. So uh, Dunn and a pedo do a booyah spot early on. I know, I know, no one wants a pedo booyah spot. Absolutely, mate. They, they're cheering the pedo in the ring. And I'm like, hmm. I remember I remember what the first time I see him and going, I feel there's something wrong about this dude. The time when it all came out as well, do you remember that he'd recently nicked Adam Page's gimmick? Yeah. And then you, and I, a bunch of other people's moves. He always did other people's spots. And, and a bunch of crazy. other people's innocence and childhoods. <laughs> <laughs> on the nose so british strong style to the outside and i'm like get in the ring it's the second match they've done everything on the fucking outside in front of the ring just because there's that big space you can see that's tempting yeah but like i remember watching this live being like oh again i can't see fucking anything but you, I, 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 I think this is also the stage that you said to me do you reckon the second half we should just stand up over there yeah, and yeah, i was sure. like yeah let's do that yeah, absolutely it's more comfortable anyway so uh rob lynch and the nonce do a dive I remember thinking, please get in the ring so I can see, because it's getting annoying. Uh, they do the necro butcher, ne- ne- necro butcher, sit in the chairs ah, and throw. It sounds like you're Michael Neat. Necro butcher. In the ch- careful now. <laughs> in the chairs. <laughs> and throw strikes at each other. I'm just going to skip on. But on the floor, so barely any of the crowd can see it. So no one reacts at all. It's just the front row that can see it. One lad in the balcony leans over a bit too far. Oh, I can see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, British strong style work over and on. Uh, Lynch and his nonce mate have constantly got this. That's a t shirt. <laughs> Lynch and a nonce. So Lynch and his nonce mate have to constantly get their shit in throughout the whole fucking match. The, the kind of ruins the story of any kind of like logical pro wrestling. I'm not going to lie to you, like we've said in uh, in last week's episode about becoming more in, ingrained with the performer rather than the in ring character. Yeah. Watching this back, I couldn't get into it because oh, of terrible. because of who was involved. Yeah, you can see Pete Dunne and Trent Seven all this potential and there's no offense like to lynch but two big let's face it out of shape lads like doing stuff that you've seen from other people done a lot better rob lynch in fairness um recently on his twitter was saying like how he's making himself get fitter he's dropped a hell of a lot of weight for a big lad cool okay and I think, i've seen him wrestle yeah. a few times individually i think he's definitely good he's got potential i've At never this time i feel like him and his non-spank tag team partner ruined this match a little I, bit i know in a way as well for rob lynch Again, I've not really been a fan of his in-ring style. And again, similar to what we sometimes say when we look at Watkins from Lost Profits. If you're with someone for so long, how do you... Band, not- I saw it this story. There we go. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Standing on the rooftop, everybody scream, Peter! <laughs> 
<laughs> There's only a tiny majority of our listeners yeah. that get that. Man. Holy fucking shit, mate. Um, oh, that's, that's peak. Let's go home. We're done. That's it. But I, I wonder for poor Rob Lynch yeah. is, again, if some promoters in the early days would have not booked him and guilty by association. So he's had to work hard to get to any position where he's back in now. It's difficult to say, isn't it? Yeah. Really, really awkward one. I, I think as outsiders, we can't comment really. Yeah. You know, is what it is. So a British strong star climb onto the shoulders of a nonce because he can't wear his own spots. Uh, the nonce kind of falls backwards. <laughs> gets a this is awesome chant from a few dickheads in the crowd. While the nonce- One looks, that was called Daniel Edler. <laughs> this nonce dickhead looks so fucking pleased with himself with the cameras on him and I'm like, ah, oh, you fucking prick. You fell over badly. Commentary called this a Samoan drop and I'm like, no, it fucking wasn't. <laughs> It was just two dickheads climbing onto his shoulders because he's obviously requested they do this for a spot. Not only is he a nonce, he's a shit fucking pro wrestler as well. So there we go. Strikes everyone down. Everyone bites everyone else. There's a really funny four-way spot. Yeah. Totally out of place in this match, but it is what it is. Uh, the match gets surprisingly silly at times. Yeah, it wasn't what you'd expect for uh, these two teams at the time. Yeah, sure. Especially with the kind of like blood feud that they've kind of tried to build up into it. Blood feud going into comedy spots. Weird. Odd. Really Odd weird. Placement. Yeah. Didn't work for me at all. Um, so lots of mirror spots. Mirror no selling from British Strong Star. You know, both guys doing yeah. the same shit at the same time. British Strong Star low blow nonce. <laughs> Thank God. Castrate the fucker, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> <laughs> Smash the handle of a cricket bat into Lynch's injured eye. Oh, they finally remembered the story they were trying to tell at the beginning of the match. Uh, pump kick pile driver combo by British Strong Star for the one, two, three, and new Progress Tag Team Champions, British Strong Star. And Lynch rolled out of the ring, and the other guy went to soft play. So Trent Seven flipping off the camera while laying on the apron is fucking hilarious. Really enjoyed that. Uh, the riots then hang out in the ring and raise their hands at the end of the match. I'm like, you fucking lost. Get out the ring and get to the fucking back, you fucking nonce cunt and your mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, you're not The Undertaker and Kane. Put your fists down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, raising your own hands after you've just lost the belts, like, smiling, like, because you're in this big venue. Well, they were they were done with progress at this stage. Well, this was their last... This was going to be their last appearance. All right, fair enough. I didn't know that. Goodbye. It gives a fuck. So, fade to black for five seconds. Interval. Yeah, intermission time. You don't need to emphasize that in your edit. I'm just saying, but like, it is what it is. They then add a little title going, second half. And I'm like, why? No one cares. Just don't put this in. Just carry on, you know? What progress lack is a raffle? (laughs) Raffle with like fucking nearly two and a half thousand people. I'm in. Yeah, let's do it. An adult-based raffle with adult-based raffle price. So, here's an air gun. Uh, Jim puts the road crew over and shouts out the Canadians and Italians in the crowd. Really fun little moment. There's some sort of Hertfordshire gang wars banter going on here, and it was just totally weird, but like, you know, typical Jim banter stuff. Yeah. It's good fun. Uh, and then he's interrupted by a returning Paul Robinson's music. Super cool. So, as Robbo, as always, Robbo has uber heat. Like, I don't remember where he was this time. Was he injured? What happened? Because he was, he's coming out of his run with Osprey, isn't he, at this stage? Isn't he? Was he oh, I got this too early. There was definitely a feud there at some point. He swapped to the jeans at this point, hasn't he? Yeah. So I've lost track with a little bit of the feud, yeah. but whatever. So there's a promo. He's not booked. He says this amazing line to a woman in the crowd. Male or female. I'll come out there and knock your teeth down your throat, you fat, overweight, ugly whore. Like, you know what we've talked about in the past about how you can't call people fat? Robbo doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I'll say whatever I want. I don't like now how Robbo is cheered 
in progress for being yeah. a dick. There is, I put a note here that's just like, ah, oh, the good old days when logical booking made sense. Yep. Chuck Mumbo is a face, Paul Robinson is a heel. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't believe those roles are switched round. <laughs> Mambo weird. and DNR. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I quite like what they did with that. Um, try and, well, it's, it was that the most recent attempt to try and elevate lower mid-card guys. Sure. Not sure if necessary with those people. I think they were kind of elevated anyway. You just need to book them a bit better. Yeah, I mean, Spike, definitely. God, he's good. He's really fucking good. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he's not leaving the ring, Robinson, until he's had a fight. Hey, ho, mambo. This entrance was brilliant live. Cut to the reggae music. Beach balls flood across the audience. And Cesaro has a heart attack. <laughs> Wait, what? Because do you not remember oh, the the Cesaro ran into the crowd? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> this is hilarious. I remember filming this live going, look at this. This is a British wrestling show. Look at the fun they're having. Oh, fun. I remember fun. Did you enjoy parented. it? <laughs> did you enjoy this? Or? I did. Okay. Cool. I always like beach balls. As, as a man who enjoys pageantry during his ring entrance, this was right up my street. Okay, I get that. Sure. So, um, Robinson's, Robinson's, blah, blah. Robbo's getting booed out of the building. Everyone loves Mambo. Uh, Mambo goes for a handshake and Robbo spits on his ad. Fucking hilarious. And then he says, that's your swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> Fast start by Mambo, but Robinson proceeds to beat the fuck out of him. Robbo does the snot on his chest, oh. snot on the audience, fish hooks his nose, uh, then drools onto Mambo. God, he's a piece of crap. It is. Such a disgusting spot. <laughs> Just so gross. I mean, you've have you seen um, Caranoir do his like bird feeding spot? No. Caranoir basically leans out of the ring. And I can't remember who, which I, I can't remember which female wrestler it was, but their mouth is open. He like he he feeds them from his mouth into their mouth, and the poor girl who is wrestling <laughs> like promptly pukes on the floor. Oh, disgusting! <laughs> I hate vomit, but uh, things like this. And uh, Rob, I was like, this is gross. Yeah, that yeah, mm. not nice, not pleasant. But like, no. it's 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 Robbo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somehow gets away with it for me. No, no, <laughs> no one should get away with this. <laughs> Mambo has cute penguins on his tights and I'm like he's such a good face I love him so much brutal brutal curb stops by Robinson Robo folds up Chuck Mambo for the one two three and your winner Paul Robinson right person one get the and also get the crowd hot straight after the interval and I also sure. wonder um because obviously with the Seb thing taking a lot of time out of it because they're already overrunning now by about half hour yeah, yeah. so and and at this stage I'm already doing this going just missed my last train, right? Right. Ooh, the next one's in 20 minutes. But Zach and Champa. But I want to watch Zach and Champa. <laughs> yeah, sure. As Robinson leaves, he has a very serious conversation oh, with, with a with fan. With Carlito man. Yeah, yeah. That was an interesting moment. I thought he was going to deck him watching this back. I'm like, I probably should have. <laughs> it would have yeah. been funny. <laughs> You're wearing a WWE shirt to a progress show, you fucking prick. <laughs> Do you guess what it was? It can't be, can no. it? I think the guy confronted him, said something, and Robbo was like, excuse me? like do you know who i am (laughs) like you know whatever i wonder if he's like are they are they really levi's did you buy those on a dodgy market (laughs) (laughs) do you remember uh paul robinson being interviewed at progress and we were part of the media scrum even then scared shitless i was loving it the guy who hit his wing mirror yeah the story (laughs) there and he made him and give him some money out of his wallet and then took his son for a mcdonald's afterwards (laughs) living the gimmick man (laughs) absolutely living the The fact he's not afraid to tell that story to the media and shit oh that was i felt so privileged to be a part of that that was great fun so uh flips off the commentary team flips off the fans mambo sells in the ring to take some chance and applause i'm like get to the back but anyway it's fine uh jim does some more talking and introduces the video package for our next match best two out of three falls 
Tommaso Ciampa versus Zack Sabre Jr. God. Import number one, and we're six matches in. Sure. Really cool. Really, really great. I was so hyped for this. I was becoming a massive Champa fan. Psycho killer. Qu'est-ce <laughs> Just the coolest intro. And I've been a Zach fan for so long. And the Still feud... your favourite wrestler on the planet at the moment? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Uh, I've written a note here about you can guarantee no matter what, who Zach is wrestling, the match is going to be unique. In the it's last... going to be completely different to anything else you yeah. see on any card. In the last four or five years, he's never had a bad match. It doesn't always work brilliantly. Sometimes it's like, you know, oh, okay, I, mean, I see what you're going for, but it didn't quite happen. But it's always different. Yeah. He, the way he stands there and invites people on, even when he could just beat the crap out of them, and then immediately reverses, I'm like, oh, no one does that. No one does it. It's just Zach. You know, and he really thinks about how pro wrestling can be, not what he knows works. Yeah. You know? And the fact that he continually turned down WWE around that first Cruiserweight Classic thing. Yeah. Because so, he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? And he doesn't need WWE. And to be fair, at the moment, WWE doesn't need him. His style would not work. Sure, yeah. His style would not work in any of the big two at the moment. Maybe. I think he's a guy that could work anywhere for me personally. I'm just such a big fan. Yeah. Is what it is. So the video package is really, really cool. There's some dodgy feels and iffy editing, in my opinion. But, you know, it's, it works. Um, so the story is that Sabre and Champa have exchanged victories. At a previous show, Champa jumps Zach and cuts a promo asking for one more match because he's off to the Fed soon. Yeah. Uh, cut back to the arena. Yellow and red lights flicker across the crowd. Talking head Psycho Killer begins to play. And I remember like goosebumps and just being so fucking excited for this match. I was, I mean, a man who's sitting there going, I've got to be in Birmingham and I've got to meet my corporate director this <laughs> evening for dinner and I'm going to be late. Yeah, yeah. And having to text my then boss basically going, haven't been able to make it to dinner. I'll catch you in the morning. <laughs> nice, nice. A chance for a really good career progression or watching Zach and Chumper. Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, look where I am now. I don't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Dedication. That's what it's about. To wrestling, not your job. You know? <laughs> Something that only pays my bills. Because wrestling doesn't. <laughs> So there's loads of Psycho Killer A4 signs in the crowd. You can see how much the Progress fans have embraced Champa. Yeah. Uh, out comes Champa in his Hannibal Lecter MF Doom mask. Like, ah, oh, he's such a gangster. Leather jacket, like Finn Balor-esque, you know? I still like the fact that Champa has his own Pro Wrestling Tees store, secretly. A few people do. I saw Generico does now. Yeah. Not, not the other person that he's kind of similar to. Oh, but, but this like, is you know. they, they, that has been cleared for Sammy for Syria. So oh, okay. But got to support the orphans as well, you know. But so. all the um all the merch when he was coming out. <laughs> That's in, not a Syria no, joke. To no, anyone that doesn't get the no, gimmick, no. okay, just carry on. But all the uh, all the Blackheart stuff when he was in NXT with his first run, everyone yeah. like, released the t-shirt, released the t-shirt, and it was like, nope, not going to release the t-shirt. It was all on pro wrestling tees under Blackheart. <laughs> nice. I didn't know that. That's yeah. really cool. Because it's not Chumper. It's just Blackheart. There he just is. so happened to wear the, get the gear and it looks like him on, awesome. on TV. There is a beautiful irony of Zack Sabre coming out to Hey Scenes by the Cribs for this promotion in this venue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> and he definitely was like, this will work. I think he knows what's <laughs> yeah. going on, you know. I wonder what he's going to be doing on the 12th of December. 12th of December. What's that? That's when we once again go to the polls, young man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Vote Labour. Um, yeah, you know. I can't wait to see more suplex Zach Labour Jr. merch. Yeah, 
yeah, fucking A, why not? Oh, Zach, Zach Sabre Jr. for Prime Minister. There we go, I've said it. It's not like, oh, we're not getting political. Should we just avoid politics. Fuck it, this is about fun. So, <laughs> not the politics can't be fun sometimes, you know? What these idiots make fools out of themselves? All oh, fucking t- million of them, they're all dickheads. So, Zach is full Union Jack gear. He's just like doing the full face thing. Absolutely love it. And Zach uh, Sabre Jr., Brexit means Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> strong and stable strong and stable <laughs> i spiked her eh? tons of streamers all around uh, crowd... and i was like oh wait, i'm here <laughs> crowd totally into this already chatting this is progress oh zach saber jr uh saber has to be by far the best thing to ever come out of sheppy <laughs> yeah other than the bridge to get out <laughs> uh they stare off do not shake hands build tension even though roberts is trying to get them to do it like the whole mma yeah. thing fuck this beginning of the match perfection then some cunt tries to ruin it by starting a slow this is progress chant i'm like for fuck's sake but the guys do the slow build thing you know they're capable yeah. of doing uh, exchanging holds standoff staring at each other rope breaks zach gets the better of champa champa's starting to get frustrated kicking the bomb turnbuckle this is fucking great storytelling best of the night yeah, if Hands you're going to watch down. any match, watch this one yeah. by a long shot. If you go onto the YouTube and you look in the comments, there's um, links to all the matches, like in the time cues and stuff. Yeah. Just, just go watch this one if you don't can't be bothered to watch the whole thing. Um, I'd encourage you to watch the whole thing because it's quite a fun show yeah. to watch. But yeah, this match is poor, fucking hell. RJ doing an amazing job of putting over that Zach is calm and Champer is getting frustrated on commentary. It's one of the early times I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Really, really cool. As the match goes on, it feels as though they're trying to dull down the crowd so they can build them back up because yeah. the crowd is so fucking hot at the beginning. It's like, they almost this is not what they wanted, you know? No, and but again, really, really smart to do it. They didn't just cut the legs out of it. They slowly simmered it down. Sure, absolutely. Perfect. It's It's... Again, I go on about the magic of pro wrestling. This is one of those classic examples of two guys that you know can do what needs to be done to get this crowd to where they need them to be. You Literally know? palm of their hand style. They could control them and do whatever they wanted, and they yeah. did. And they know they can outshine anyone, Yeah, but they're not doing it. You're like, uh, okay, you get it. Yeah. You get it. Absolutely, you get it. You know, It's fucking brilliant. Um, so constant attempts at big spots that get reversed back and forth between the two of them. It's never just shine whatever you know like the process of a wrestling match yeah. it's constant back and forth exchanging you know the, i mean i know you can sometimes like everyone says chess match but this really was one upsmanship i'm going to do this and slowly starting to build yeah. those stacking uh, towers up playing off their spots and styles yeah. as well it's not just like oh well no we'll reverse everything you know the, sometimes they hit and then they don't and then it's like completed with different phrases and stuff like Oh, it's so good. I can't go on about this match enough. Uh, they build to lots of pinfalls and submission attempts. Champa even grabs the tights to cheat unsuccessfully. Yes. Out of frustration, you know, they build right at the beginning of the match. They build to it halfway through. Fuck, this is clever. Champa's facials at this stage, even though we've not had a fall yet. It's yeah. like, this is brilliant. So good. Armbar reverse into product Champa, lung blower type thing by Champa. Some sweet reversals lead to both men's shoulders down off the cradle, kind of reverse flip into the cradle. One, two, three, confusion abounds. God, I love storytelling in pro wrestling. And it it worked so well. Yeah. So good. Robert chats to Jim Smallman at ringside. Both men's shoulders were down. It's one fall apiece. Boo. (laughs) Why are you booing? It's brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because I think people are just booing Roberts more than anything out of habit, I think, at this point. But But I I think that killed the one all to then, and then, at least Chumper and Zach were sat there and were like, right, well, 
let's wait for this to simmer down before we get going. And like, <laughs> the reaction sat in the corners, the bottom corners of the turnbuckles, like knackered, pissed off that it's now sudden death. They can't make another mistake. Sure. And they got that there. And I was like, oh my God, so good. After that little pause, both lads run in and go for yes! big strikes. Both lads immediately go for submission attempts. Zach has continually been attacking Champa's arm as the match goes on. Again, bringing up that story of like, he's going to get that body part no matter how much he has to yeah. fucking bring him on and hurt himself to get to that moment pedigree by champa <laughs> a brutal knee by champa i think this is meant to be that heat a moment where it's yeah. like full heel but the crowd love him as well they really appreciate what they're seeing i think so it's- triple h's move <laughs> exactly <laughs> project champa off brett's rope zach kicks it to huge pop and the f- the eyes of champa at that yeah one of the moments that this is progress chant actually makes sense in the match like yeah fine really cool stiff strikes saber going for submissions chumper going for power moves zach locks in hurrah another year surely this one will be better than the last the in not in oh god i can't say that word inoxorable march of progress will lead us all to happiness greatest move name ever uh chumper has to tap 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 winner zach saber jr God, I love professional wrestling when it's this fucking good. I can't. I, five star match for me. Yeah, totally. Like storytelling, in ring action. Yeah, top top banana quality. So really unique, as you always expect from Zach. Uh, Champa was an incredible dance partner the whole way along. Uh, Champa's final appearance in indie wrestling. The two of them sit and embrace in exhaustion in the ring as the fans chant, "Thank you, Champa." Zach does the honourable thing and immediately leaves the ring, leaving Champa to take his applause. God, why don't other people learn this shit? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, Scotty Davis. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Liger. God, that was bad. <laughs> so the whole time, Champa is still selling his arm. He bends down, kisses the mat, sells the arm. He bows down and bows to the fans, selling the arm. I'm like, oh, yes, it's so good. Yeah, just just perfect. Right, so there's two matches left on the card. At this stage, I was like this. <laughs> I've got to go. Yeah, I know. I and couldn't I believe you left at this point. But I, like, I know you had to. Yeah, it's work. It's what it is. And I'm sat on the train. Obviously, I stopped by at the uh, the Marks and Spencers at Houston to make sure I get myself something tasty to eat on the way up. And I'm sat there eating my cookie dough balls on <laughs> the trade ride up. And I'm just seething. Yeah. Because I was a bit like... Just furious. I thought that's like not even the penultimate match and they're building to that crescendo i know obviously like i thought the eight man would be like the cool down before the main event but i was like fuck me it's not great i was they ran a bit long didn't they so. i mean with they ran they started late they had the half hour with seb and pasta in the middle which... rest. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing right at least ali pally finished on time this year wembley overrunning by two hours that was bad i think they've learned their lesson though yeah Two matches left to go, and there's still 80 minutes left in the show. And I was like, hang on, how long do these matches take yeah. here? This is a long one. Like, So I've stood at the back for the rest of this now. Um, it was fun life, not going to lie. Mm. So eight-man tag team match of Damon Moser, FSU of Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews, and Jack Gallagher, uh, his last match before going off to the Fed, versus The Origin. Oh, I love this stable so much. Of Dave Mastiff, El Liguero, Nathan Cruz, and the heat machine that is Zach Gibson. I very much like three quarters of the origin. <laughs> You've got to love how much of a dick Nathan Cruz is, though. He is the one who I don't rate. Yeah, he, I I've get never it. been a fan of his in-ring stuff. I I know he's again been a very key component of progress. Yeah, he was the first champ. Yeah, um, 
And I really should have been Marty, by the way. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And the screw indie wrestling to now. I really like independent wrestling because no one will sign you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was well, well of sport for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, with uh, was it Charlie Sterling? It was taking with, I think. I don't know. To be honest, yeah, probably oh, no, that might be Max did actually. I didn't watch enough of it, so who knows? <clears throat> so, um, obnoxious heel Legero might be my personal favourite Legero. I think he's absolutely amazing at this time. But out of the four heels and the four faces, there was a bigger heel which you posted on Twitter earlier during Moses' entrance. God, so. <laughs> We'll get there. So FSU do their party hard entrance. Great fun. There's an absolute pie atmosphere. I know you weren't there at this time, but oh my God, the crowd just lit up for them. I mean, if really cool. I was in accountant mode at this stage, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed that very much anyway. Fair enough. Partying. <laughs> Same for Jack Gallagher. Like when Jack comes out, the pop was huge because they know this is the last time. Yeah. We know how amazing he was at this period. You know, so good. So I mean, a 12 month elevation that I think only in progress they could have done with Sexsmith. That's yeah. how far Gallagher came in that, that 12 months in 20, well, 2016, basically. Sure. So the thing you're talking about earlier is Damon Moser, a young lad, I think a year or two into the business, maybe less. Maybe this is his first year in the business. I remember seeing a few matches of him leading up to this. Comes out nervous as fuck. You can see it on his face. That it's like, okay, this is big, yeah. <laughs> you know, as anyone would be. Some absolute fucking cunt of a human being walks directly in front of the camera, in between him and the camera. The cameraman then goes so shocked by this action that he follows the guy. He's like, what are you doing? And comes back to Moser like, what a twat. Who Mo- does this? You can see the guy who he walks to, I mean, he slaps him back. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I've I've met Moser when doing the um, Wrestling 4 cool. shows. Nice. And he's a lovely guy. And he told me another story, which is another reason why I like to always give progress the benefit of the doubt. Right. So Moser was out injured. Um, I think he'd um, sort of fractured or broken his jaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and progress paid him for the dates he was supposed to be booked for. Oh, even that's though amazing. He work. That's totally, they wouldn't have to do that. But that's yeah. lovely. That's really, really cool. And I think things like that, that's why as a company... I know we're not sometimes a fan of their production, some of their booking decisions, but all of the talent and all of the lads who they bring through, um, Knuckle Blocks as well. Knuckle Blocks, yeah. Knuckle Blocks, Knuckle Blocks, what's wrong with me? It's fine, it's fine. Um, For Knuckle Blocks. Um, They look after their talent. Yeah, I remember hearing stories about when um, Robbo was out injured, when Haskins was out injured, uh, they bought them in as agents and paid them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. Absolutely love that about this company. Yeah. punk rock ethos of like community and stuff yeah these Great. are these are our guys these are our team we, they've been for, with us so we'll be with them fucking a so the match starts uh the pre-match sorry jim announces if the origin lose they must disband uh he introduces dave mastiff as he's big he's bad <laughs> ask your mum, he's probably your dad <laughs> dave mastiff and el Ligero's introduction is maybe even tops that he says a man who is so busy he's the natural heir to brian dixon <laughs> like, the banter the absolute banter uh jim tries uh blah, tries to intro gibson but the boos are so fucking loud he gives up gibson grabs the mic and starts his liverpool's number one promo and the fans give the origin the jimmy rave treatment as the ring fills with Lurol. Mastiff and Liguero doing toilet roll angels in the ring popped me so fucking hard. Now, quick thing from earlier slash just pre the interval. Yeah. 
I don't know where they got those loo rolls from because they certainly weren't in the toilets. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Brixton for the win. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I think they got handed out like, you know, previous to that. Yeah. I remember seeing, uh, listening to a podcast with Jim talking about how they had to go and buy like tons of loo roll beforehand or something. Well, they but... should have put some in the gents. Because, <laughs> I mean, as you said, from Brit Brit's standpoint before and knew it would be a long day, I bought my own. I bought Clever. my own new paper in my pockets. Fucking A, It was man. useful. You've been to gigs before. You know what it's about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. Best thing is to pretend to be disabled because those two toilets are normally clean and unoccupied. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be the guy with a little squirty spray that would like sing songs to you and yeah. stuff like the African lad. I yeah. used to love that guy. I don't know if he's still employed now, but who knows? So Gibson shtick is perfection, as we all know. Absolute heat machine. Uh, eventually, the faces uh, jump in and off we go. Uh, not going to lie, I was very tired at this point. So watching this max at double the speed, because I was like, fuck it, let's just carry on. Thank you, YouTube. Uh, walk. I watched it live as well, so yeah. I knew it was going to happen. Walk and brawl all over the academy. Origin, it was crazy. Yeah. Origin do heel stuff. Face lads do face stuff. Mandrews does a balcony dive. When you say balcony dive at Brixton, you imagine he came off like the highest point, but no. One of the little windows on the side that's probably what? four foot high <laughs> it's not massive by any means but it was a still fun impressive spot. i remember watching that across the arena from me and just being like oh cool that's fun uh, but i think as well if you're not paying attention to that yeah because obviously they had the cameras because they knew the spot was coming very easy from the location to people to have missed that oh uh, lots of people miss lots of this this was just uh sit back eventually they'll the get back in the ring yeah. some chaos will be near you fine you understand they've got this giant venue they're going to do this at some point, and this is probably the time to do it, you know, before you have that main event that people actually want to pay attention to and care yeah. about and everything, you know. This is just, you know. This is the pre, this is like, get ready for your main, get sure. a bit of fun, a couple of fun spots. Um, One note I've put down here is I miss Gallagher doing old World of Sports spots. I miss this character, pre-Umbrella, stealing Marty's gimmick, Gallagher. But he doesn't do that now. I mean, to be fair, don't know really what he does now. Yeah. Don't really watch 205 or anything that he's fair, on. Fair play to him for taking the money. Fair play to him for getting the opportunity. Because from someone, if you look at the rest on Britress and you line them all up, yeah, Gallagher wouldn't be, from a look standpoint, the first person you take. At this time, he was one of my favourites on the scene. Mm. Absolutely but, adored his matches. And to have WWE take him mm. over some of the others. Yeah. But goes you can to show see why. Plus, also legitimate tough with an MMA background as yeah, well. True, Und- undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. In your face, Brock. <laughs> uh, Matt Riddle. <laughs> he, I don't recall who that is. I just wanted to put it in there. <laughs> uh, Legere- drug user Matt Riddle. There's this oh, drug for shame. So Legera has this great thing where he has the origin behind him in the ring and he's facing down Moser in the corner and one by one the faces take out the origin behind Legero. <laughs> so he thinks he's got all this back up behind him but he turns around and suddenly the face there he's like what the fuck? <laughs> it's so funny. And even for a mask character to be able to portray that it's like shit. He's so good. So so funny. Legero flips off ref Joel and Joel gives him a stunner like can he do that, that Joey? Joey. <laughs> bunch of false finishes we're left with gibson and gallagher and you know what's going to happen at this point if you're a pro wrestling fan uh mastiff wax gallagher with a car stereo on the outside yeah (laughs) they pulled into the little liverpool um cliche whatever everyone loves a stereotype for sure uh i'm not sure if this is the ticket to ride the helter skelter because commentary don't call it i think it's the ticket to ride his pick you up into the uh um, suplex position but then drop you down and kind of like rock bottom type thing I think it's Ticket to Ride. Um, a spinny neck breaker from a... Oh, it's a spinny neck breaker from the Super. I'm getting confused with moves. Sorry. 
Gibson does the, the ticket to ride, which is the spinning neck breaker from the suplex position, not the slam on, which is yeah. the helter scaler. There we go. I got that Nailed eventually. <laughs> For the one, two, three. Why don't I do commentary anymore? Oh, that's why. There we go. <laughs> oh, that's not the reason why you don't do commentary. <laughs> that's true (laughs) winners of the origins they don't have to disband when Gallagher does the right thing and puts over Gibson on his way off to the Fed really really cool fun silly fine no problem with the match anything you want to say a really fun to watch Um, again I again I think where I was in the show after watching Zack and Champa I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much live as I did um, at home watching this this week Yeah, yeah but it was the proper way for their big shows to do it. You needed something. You had a feud to blow off or continue. And you got a lot of your mainstays on the car to rest in front of probably the biggest crowd they'd ever rested in front of. Sure, yeah. I think they added the stipulation to try and keep people interested. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a bit of a, a breath before our main event. Did you think, think three year, in three years in the future that Eddie Dennis would be their main top guy and their champion? No. Um, I... Oh. Maybe a brutal opinion. I'm not a fan at all. I like some of his promo work. I can never take him seriously as a wrestler in the ring. Um, uh, you know, people complain about what's the guy that won the ROH belt that kept it for a while and kind of you know, the company was on a downturn. Uh, Jay Lethal? No, no, the other guy. Um, wow, I can't Matt remember. Matt Taven. Matt Taven. I see Eddie Dennis as the British Matt Taven at this point okay. in progress. I think it's. Um, I know he's a dedicated guy. I think he uh, is entertaining at times. I think he's not a very good heel. Mm. Uh, I hated the story of the live show we were at for progress. Ali Pali made no sense to me. But, you know, I'm hoping he proves me wrong. Let's put it that way. In fairness, so um, I listened to just after this year's progress big show up at um, Ali Pali, the Still Chasing Show, Chapter 95. Mm -hmm. And he was on um, the pro wrestling show with our friends, uh, Will Gavin and uh, Jonas. Cool. They're doing an interview. And it was like a whole hour which is Eddie Dennis talking about leading up to this and simply playing up to this event, knowing it was going to happen, but he'd retired. He not wasn't doing much. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the play That's what I mean it, by his good, entertaining character. Character-wise, good. Can he do what Champer and Zach did earlier, though? No. And again, the same thing. I think his coming out party could have been at Wembley when him and Mandrews had a, the tag match against the table. Yeah. But... It didn't. I am the table happened and and it killed it. Yeah, sure. Um, um, he'll probably take this as a compliment. I would compare him to early John Cena. Yeah, and that he has all the charisma, all the personality. I don't think he safely executes stuff in the ring or convincingly executes stuff in the ring. I don't think he knows how to tell a story within a match either effectively. I think the other thing he has potentially going against him at the moment that's not necessarily saying it will be the same in the future and again the title can make the wrestler yeah. rather than the wrestler making the title in this instance and hopefully it does because he, again he comes across as a nice guy and a really good character I still think being associated with Mark Andrews doesn't help him because Mark Andrews I think is still the biggest star yeah that turn made fuck all sense as well yeah he it, just won the fucking tag belts for NXT Cardiff like this story we watched that show yeah if you watch this you know you know what happened yeah you know it makes fuck all sense but then again if i'd want to take about flash morgan webster i'd want to change <laughs> let's just carry on <laughs> so um there's a touching moment where the fans are chanting for jack gallagher at the end of the match and he has to go over and hug jim to hide the tears almost yeah. and jim gives him a hug and they talk about it and he wipes away the tears and goes to the back um there was at the end of this show there was a moment when 
Gallagher, Tommy and Champo all came out to take an applause to say yeah. goodbye. I, don't, I think it's completely unnecessary. They all had their moments during their matches. Well, considering you know? that for the on-demand service, they cut it after the main, and then it was something for the fans, I think that was a nice thing for yeah, a Yeah, fine. I think they had their moments anyway, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, blah, 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 blah. So you deserve a chance for as he wipes away the tears. Like, God damn, I love Jack Gallagher at this time. I hope he can come back to more of what this character was yeah. and less of the guy he's kind of had to force into in WWE. Think of him now in two hours of NXT. He's something different that could help. Yeah. Them. I mean, just put it this way. Who wouldn't want to see Gallagher versus Adam Cole? It'd be a great match. It'd be lovely. Really, really cool. So Jim on the mic for the last time leading up to our main event. He suggests that they'll maybe do Brixton again. Little do they know what's coming. Mm. Uh, time for your main event of the evening. Uh, the why do I do this video promo first. Yeah. Why uh, do I do this? Why do I do this? <laughs> why do I do this? It's a little cliche at yeah. time. <laughs> Was that... Well, I think it was at the end of that. No, that's just me putting on different like oh, <laughs> Halloween voices like just in your pumpkin. I don't know how I've missed two massive pumpkins in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, man, it's nearly Halloween. So uh, black and white, nice and simple production here. Interviews, works really, really well. No star filters, no bullshit spot bollocks, you know what I mean? Just perfect production. Before you've had really cool. No stars here. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Two guys I absolutely fucking adore. One guy I'm okay with, you know. Uh, so we'll get to that. So Glenn's voiceover is a little overproduced and a bit cheesy in my opinion, but it's fine. It does the job, you know. Yeah. Uh, all three have the same last line, which feels a tad forced to me. I don't think it's necessary, but you can understand what they're trying to do. The last line is, why do I do this to be progress wrestling champion? When people talk about being the progress champ, they don't say progress wrestling champion. It's why I thought it felt a little forced. Yeah, it was very very much out of place. But then again, it's at least they don't go, I do, why do I do this? To be the progress staff holder. <laughs> yeah, true. Absolutely. So progress world title three-way match. Marty Skrull, our current champion, the guy that fucking made progress. Let's be totally honest about it. We can talk about it in a second. Versus Mark Haskins versus Tommy, Tommy, Tommy fucking end. Do you think God Tommy, damn I was a fan at this time. Do you think Tommy End and Pollyanna were a bit annoyed they had the same chart? <laughs> that people couldn't be bothered to be innovative for something else? Is this the point where I'm like, don't progress fans do that chart for absolutely fucking everyone now? Um... Fraser, Fraser, Fraser fucking Thomas. <laughs> of course they do. It annoys the shit out of me. Anyway, so Tommy End comes out in full black metal corpse paint and I'm like, yes, this is so fucking cool. Clearly someone opened a door. Uh, <laughs> what? If that's the whole gimmick thing in SmackDown. It's like, well, someone's just coming through the door. Someone's just come through the door so I can fight you. Come through the door. I don't know what you're talking about. That's because they've ruined Alistair Black. <laughs> Have they? okay fair enough i don't i don't watch WWE at the moment so anyway i saw he did some promo work where he's just sitting in a room talking yeah come through the door why is he not wrestling because someone hasn't come through the door well cesaro came through the door and then why don't they have a constant feud for like a year those two you could just put in the ring every time be like hey hey work out a story boys off you go cesaro's working with the world cup winning battle royal winner mansoor tomorrow in in ksa so I love the stark, bright white lights for the entrance for and the black streamers. Sometimes using music venues really fucking works out for mm, pro wrestling, nice. you know. God, it just that you know they've they've had a conversation where he's like, no, 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 just stark white. Yeah, and they know how to produce music and stuff. So Jesus Christ, it's awesome. Um, so um, let's talk about Haskins here. I was about to say Haskins is out next, and then Marty Scales entrance. We'll talk about Marty's in a second. 
So Vicky Haskins hot, isn't she? <laughs> the whole Haskins is the next guy story that, in my personal opinion, progress kind of forced. Do you agree with this? Yeah, I, as you said, I I don't have any ill feeling to Haskins. I like his in ring work. He's 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 a good work. He's a solid mid up card guy on any card he's been on. It's good, but I feel that with the talent they have, it just isn't a fit at that time. Yeah, it felt like they chose him to do it rather than the fans and the stories choosing him to do it. Well, like we've said um, so, on some earlier episodes of the pod, had they let the fans decide who they wanted to push and they'd gone through that whole sexsmith angle yeah, and pushed him all the way to the moon. We talked about this previously. That yeah. should have been a slot at Wembley for Jack Sexsmith. Yeah, not you know? just in the Thunderbastard. Yeah. He was so primed. The fans were completely behind him. He was so over. Even after we left Ali Pally and they said we're going to do Wembley next year, when we were talking about who's going to headline it, we thought maybe Pete Dunne versus Pack yeah. potentially. And then you said, this will be the time they have Sexsmith and his crowning moment. I was saying Sexsmith Volt. Yeah. Like, yes, Tyler Bay Volt was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen live. Mm. Imagine the heat for Volta beating the shit out of Sexsmith the whole time. Yeah. Be like, you disgusting little pleb the whole way through, you know what I mean? Uh, it just could have been great, but missed opportunities, whatever. There were some yeah. great moments we got from and that as well. So. Again, don't, don't, I don't want people listening to this thing this is a knock on Haskins because in ring-wise, he's really good and it shows because Ring of Honor don't sign plebs. They don't. Okay. Some people will disagree with you. I, I, well, not I can't oh, sorry, say way. sorry, Enzo and Cass. Yeah, they signed idiots. They but didn't that, sign them. That was a one-off thing from the production company that wanted them to do it, which was a mistake. They should have said no and told them to fuck off. But it is what it is, you know. Yeah, let's move on from that. But yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that the Haskin thing felt forced at this stage. Yeah. I don't think he was ready for what they wanted. I don't know. If that's because they knew obviously they were missing. They were going to lose their two next bigger stars in Champa and Tommy End because mm. if you think that they stuck around that's the conversation I was going to have I have a f- real strong feeling I remember at the time thinking this was meant to be my Tommy End because Tommy End was coming up and up and up yeah. and up and up was booked amazingly leading into this Marty is the guy that made this company yeah. Marty's performances in the first 10 progress shows as party Marty as well but yeah, yeah but it's, it's in ring work yeah. are what brought fans back yeah Absolutely. There's no question about it. No matter what people say about their booking, how it's produced, the first company in London, all this sort of bullshit. You watch any of those progress shows, they're a bit shit until Marty's match. And he is so determined to be the guy that, the, not the Marty Jannetty, the Zach yeah. left behind, to be, look, I'm really fucking good at my job. He just went out and killed himself over and over and over again. Especially after his performance that character. in boot camp as well. Yeah, for sure. Fuck, he was good. Yeah. Really, really good. Like full heel Marty at this time. Because this was the uh, <laughs> this was like the early stage of the villain. Sure. Speaking of which, four ladies in fur coats enters the ring in a bit of an awkward manner, let's be totally honest, to a combination of dancing in the rain and the intro track to the first Pendulum album, Hold Your Colour. <laughs> yeah. Kind of weird, but works. The, the noise, at least, that's yeah. happening and the lighting and stuff is really cool. Um... I can't stop cringing as they do some sloppy striptease stuff and they're dancing in the ring. It just did not work for me at all. I'm really glad we had that Blue Chew endorsement because that's something <laughs> to blame it on. <laughs> at least I might got you hard, you know? <laughs> this bullshit. <laughs> so Marty brings it all together, enters the ring in his white fur coat, shiny silver, almost white trunks. They're so bright. 
pre-bird mask Marty you know he's yeah. finding this character still but oh my god is he on fire at the moment he's flying like everyone's like he's the next guy yeah he's off to the fed to AW wherever he's gonna obviously be an AW yeah. guy eventually but you know he's he's going like you know let's appreciate him while we've got him yeah, almost definitely. you know uh, I adore this version of Marty proper heel none of the comedy shtick but he's doing stuff that pops him and pops the crowd yeah. but he's a dick about it you know fucking great Haskins kind of hops about at ringside and then in the ring he's hopping about and doing his thing and I'm like oh, Brock Lesnar yeah it doesn't work for me like, the Brock Lesnar hopping didn't fit for me nah don't underestimate Marty's making progress at this point is what I've written down we've already talked about that so I don't yeah. know why I said it anyway <laughs> but uh, no, it needs I think it needs re-emphasizing and, and it, yeah. through this because a lot of people look through progress and they'll be like, oh, Robbo, oh, British Strong Style. They seem to forget that yep. Dunn didn't win the um, belt until 2017. Dunn didn't make progress. Sure. You've got to put um, Osprey, Zach, Balor in there as well. Yep. But like, yeah, true. Oh, totally. th- those early chats with Devitt in there. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you don't expect him to appear because he's working New Japan. Well, he, he's it, just stopped and he's doing his little tour before he goes off to the Fed. Even oh the my early, God, it was so much fun. Even the early chats with RJ. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I watched that that match for SCPW the other day. God, he's fucking good, isn't he? Really good. Like working with me as well, like Cardio Machine. There is, like, there you is can a see l- like like the senior guy, you know. Main event time. Other than you know, <laughs> Bluetooth for cat ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so the bell rings, and Glenn on commentary has a nice line about this being the most important match in progress history. Really kind of cool moment. Yep. Uh, three-way standoff spot to start the match continues as all three lads are working spots together the shit must be so complicated to plan out and to work out how this is going to work with three people yeah i i i'm honestly would prefer a one-on-one match but they work pretty well throughout the match i I enjoyed it i think as you said considering this is their big show and they were most likely to building tommy end versus skull yeah to then like oh crap well Skull's definitely going to be going somewhere soon. Tommy's and definitely, Tommy's definitely gone. We need to put the belt on Haskins. This is the guy we've picked, you know? Yeah. But we'll get the mix. We'll get the special uh, flying the ointment, so to speak. That's <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, of course. So Tommy ends kicks and knees at this time and still today are brutal looking, but they look so good, man. Like, really, really cool. They could have had, they could WWE could have pushed him as a main event star. Sure. I mean, I was looking at a photo of, um, the KSE Battle Royal thing they're doing. Yeah. And just going, wasted that person, wasted that person, wasted that person, wasted that person. But in, the- in theory, a lot of those guys have made a lot of money. Sure, I'm happy and, for the guys, and but as a, as a wrestling product, you know what I mean? Like, you've got so much talent. Maybe it's a problem. Maybe no one stands out because everyone's so bloody talented, you know? But I, In all seriousness, that is a problem. Yeah, it's because weird, isn't it? Because so good that no one can step out of the pack because everyone's at an elite level. Yeah, maybe oh, the gimmicks. Hi, Cody. <laughs> maybe the, you know, God, he's a good face. He's my favorite face right now. I think he might be one of the best faces in the world right now. I still really dig his entrance music. Yeah, really cool. Who yeah. thought Cody Rhodes would be saying this now about him now, like even through a few years ago? Yeah. Oh, but Teddy DiBiase Jr. is going to be the, the main guy to come out of that, isn't he? <laughs> I thought he was great at the time. He was <laughs> Trying <great>. to fuck me. <laughs> trying to fuck on me that's the line <laughs> anyway i fucked it up so my <laughs> my psychs out a fan at ringside slaps hands nope fucks him off <laughs> like really really cool haskins does a lot of hulking up as the match goes on you can see yeah. what they're trying to work towards brother yeah tommy n does all the kicks uh, just kicks haskins across the ring at one point with a german suplex as well just chucks him it's fucking great haskins goes for any submission he can lock in at any time he has the opportunity to but zach's already done that better 
well maybe so Martin, well yes definitely what am I saying I should be honest and opinionated about it shouldn't I yeah it's true he's nowhere near the calibre of someone like Zach but, but it was something diverse for the main it, yeah. he was playing that role because obviously you've got the striker in Tommy End you've yeah. got the submission technical guy in Haskins and you've got Skull being the villain the villain the heel the gimmick you know uh, but again so talented Mar- Marty locks in the chicken win on Tommy Haskins then hops in and locks in the flip Fujiwara armbar on Marty where the chicken win is still locked in really fun spot uh, everyone down Marty's the first up and calls for the end okay umbrella time since when do the ring crew store umbrellas under the ring exactly well remember we had the four umbrellas from the ladies <laughs> oh that's me i love it absolutely love it uh, I, li- I like the fact when the ladies got in the ring i should have said this during the intro when all the all the ladies were trying to get in the ring with the umbrellas and then uh, having to hand them off and you had like ring crew guy here's your umbrella here's your I umbrella didn't realize yeah, yeah nice so a uh, bunch of false finishes all broken up by the third man whoever it is at that yep. time nice little working uh tommy sets up a table on the outside you definitely don't want to be knackered at this stage like he's the other no. side of the ring you know what you let him get <laughs> <laughs> tommy sets up the table on the outside and i'm like well he should be going through it then but they yep. surprise us for once in our lives <laughs> tommy and marty gang up on haskins and suplexed him from the ring to the outside through the table haskins was tired didn't want to work the rest of the match it was at this point i went oh haskins winning yeah if tommy has to team up with the heel to get that guy over that's plenty what they're doing yeah he's what it is uh left with marty and tommy end how do you do that finger snap tax oh well you just put it in the oven (laughs) bake it for 25 minutes (laughs) chicken win locked in um man i could go for some chicken right now i'm pretty hungry (laughs) so i'm getting there yeah tommy end gets to the ropes Tommy hulks up through some umbrella shots. Cradled tombstone by Marty. Tommy kicks out at two. Marty proceeds to waffle. Rob- well, I can't talk anymore. Waffle? I'd, I'd love I'm the waffle there. as well. I'm chicken and waffles. <laughs> Marty proceeds to waffle Roberts with an umbrella. Joel gets the same treatment. Gotch pile driver by Marty. Paz comes out. Tommy kicks out again. I question them putting Tommy over hard like this yeah. at this point, but it is what it is. Uh, Paz gets abused by Marty as well. And that's all three refs are down. I love this bullshit booking. It's really fun. Yeah. Really, really cool. But if you notice, the correct number of umbrellas we used as well. Excellent. Love it. Absolutely love it. The attention to detail you picked up on those little moments. Yeah. It's really cool. So now the ring crew uh, get the same treatment as Jim Smallman ends up getting in the ring to check on Paz in the corner. So we're left with Jim Smallman and Marty in the ring. Marty threatens and fronts up to Jim. Cue the biggest pop in British wrestling history. As the AFI kicks in, Jimmy fucking Havoc is here. Jimmy ducks the umbrella shot. Rainmaker, kind of, <laughs> by Jimmy fucking Havoc. Acid Rainmaker? Not called the Acid Rainmaker at this time. Just Rainmaker. Not? Yeah, uh, yeah. See, now, I again, we don't, I know we've run very long. It's we, fine. We cannot gloss over that reaction. It's so big. The But the reaction of the fans as well, like, there are people jumping head height with excitement when AFI kicks in over the speakers. Yeah. It's insane. For those that don't know the story of To see Jimmy Havoc's Havoc's really bad die job. (laughs) (laughs) So when Progress first started, they had the whole book Havoc gimmick where they were like, they're not going to book Jimmy Havoc because they're a strong style company and Jimmy Havoc is a hardcore guy, so they're not going to book him. But they knew how good of a worker he was, you know. So they were like, you know, that that whole gimmick of book havoc, the hashtag they got trending and stuff. Yeah, God, it was so much fun, and he's been a staple of progress every step of the journey. 
Uh, Marty and Jimmy are really the two that made this company what it was at this point. Well, especially like the early sequences, like the the first chapter stories of Jimmy Havoc, Jim Smallman, yeah, for the belt. That was essentially his the first film. Sure, with Osprey in there as well, yeah. and that whole storytelling, like fucking brilliant. Commentary do a really good job of putting over that Havoc's knee injury could have been a career ender, and that Havoc's walks to the back immediately after he's done his spot. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yep. But nice to have him in and out, done the job, you know. Really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, and for someone who's been so important to progress, good to have him as part of their biggest ever show at that stage. Absolutely, man. There was an interview with him talking about it. He was like, I was never going to miss it, no matter what. If I had to fucking jump on one knee to get in there, I would do it. Yeah. You know? Really great. They do the final spots in the match. Haskins locks in his leaning back sharpshooter to Marty Scale. Marty sells like an absolute don as the crowd go fucking mental. Taps out and new progress wrestling champion, Mark Haskins. As again, this isn't meant to be a knock on Haskins, but I would say the second most underwhelming progress champion. Yeah, maybe so. Because the first was Travis Banks at Ali Pally. <sighs> I mean, Silver Boots, that was great. But yeah, I like some of the story with Travis Bank leading into it, but I'm not a fan really. Yeah. Again, it's it's missing character development for me personally. Yeah. So obviously we've now got Haskins as our progress champion, and after this event there were a couple of defences and then he got injured and had to give up the belt. Uh, I don't remember specifically, it's quite a while ago now. Yeah. My memory's a bit shit. <laughs> and I wonder had they been able to give him the run with the belt if that would have cemented his character. Oh, the Haskins thing, where it was like they thought his career was over yeah. and everything. Yeah, So I they took the that. belt off him like, three months later, like, oh, no, it's not. He's going again. And then he was okay afterwards. And, like, then, oh, I, fuck. and then he's never been back in the main event picture. Yeah, because they had the whole thing with Morgan Webster. It was just a bit of a mess. And yeah. like, Vicky Haskins came in. And that was quite a fun little moment, but it never really went yeah. anywhere. The Havoc-Haskins stuff a couple of years ago was entertaining. I mean, yeah, who sure. runs at someone with an axe? Yeah, it's good stuff. But I think the problem there is that they similar when they get put the belt on believer it was an experiment that i think they realized the fans were hot for it at the time yeah but it wouldn't get them repeat business there's there's an element of thing where people talk about pro wrestling where they talk about how you don't put the belt on your top guy because he doesn't need the belt he's over already you know but then like you know you put up the belt on someone that needs the belt to help push them to the forefront um you can see them trying to do that here. It just never worked for me. The guys they tried to do that with never really happened. They had Jack Sexsmith sitting there ready to go. Yeah. And they didn't do it. I mean, you if you, I think this is, as, again, like you said, chapters 1 to 30 for progress. The booking was impeccable in the large part. It's like when a new band comes along and they yeah. write all this great material and then they have to do the second album. Yeah. You know? And it's difficult. And I think Haskins is a very talented wrestler. And he tried to diversify as time went on, obviously bringing in Vicky as well, which was a really good layer to his character as well. And like, a bunch of personality to yeah, him and everything exactly. without doing very much at all. Which really worked. And then his tagging with Havoc was really nice as well. Sure. But I think this is the time where things started to change. And I think they struck gold when they put the belt on Pete Dunne because he ran with it. Yeah. And I think because Dunne did so well, that's hurt progress. Because since Pete Dunne's had the belt... You could say the thing with Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, the whole British Strong Star, and a few other people as well, you know? Walter yeah. being the progress champion has been fantastic because you know you're going to get great matches out of it. But having to get the belt off him, in that way you didn't get to put anyone over by beating Walter to get them to that next level. They had the opportunity to. They did, but they chose not to do it. Uh-huh. So I think it's going to be interesting going forward with progress <laughs> to see where they're going to go. 
holding back rants. <laughs> no, we're I don't doing, want to rant. We're doing very well. But yeah. I think Progress as a company have done fantastic things for British wrestling. It's given people the ability to perform on bigger stages. Like you said with Moza, being able to get to perform in front of 2,500 people. Definitely. A fantastic experience. They have helped build the careers. And you don't get me wrong, Skirl and Havoc are the reason why Progress are there. But if they'd not been given the platform, they wouldn't be as big as they are now. There's it's m- a mutually reciprocal relationship. Definitely. I think you take it even further. You could say that NXT UK, World of Sport, any of these big stuff coming out of the UK, a lot of the guys that went across to the Fed and stuff would, might not be there without progress. Yeah. You know? I think that they caught a wave of popularity. Um, I think they booked in the right place at the right time. I think they had two or three guys that really solidified those early cars to yeah. make them must-watches. I think their branding was perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at their branding and their merch. Yeah. That Ramones t-shirt. Yeah. With the Progress logo. Oh, if they sold that now, I'd still buy it. Yeah. You know? that I remember seeing that t-shirt around and being like, that's really fucking cool. You know? I, I'm very, That's very rare for me to see yeah. wrestling stuff like merch or whatever and be like, I want that. I need to see what this is. This is kind of cool, you know? Um, I have one sentence I wrote about this main event, which I think sums up my feelings about it. Uh, Tommy embraces Haskins. The fans chant, you deserve it. I sigh in predictable boredom and we're out of here. Yeah. I I like progress a lot. I really I really do. But I think the thing with me, especially over the last couple of years of progress, I'm really into the undercard. Yeah. I'm not so into the main event scene. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. True, I can agree with that. Yeah. I think Walter is amazing. Mm-hmm. But you put him in your main event with David Starr. Yeah, and I like David Starr as as an in ring character, as an in ring performer, really, really good. Mm. But I've never bought him as again at the moment a top guy. Um, I remember seeing his the first time I saw him, just being like, "That's the top guy." Like straight yeah. away, I was just like, "That's a guy who can work." Like I couldn't believe how good he was. Like yeah, for me, it's like instantly he was over. But I think the thing he's which he's potentially damaged with again is that progress is links to WWE. Yeah, sure. Get a union. Do you want to put your belt on me? <sighs> Definitely can't put a belt on you, David Starr. Am I right in thinking David Starr just won the OTT heavyweight strap? He did. And yeah. Devlin's now gone. So I'm... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's why. Okay. So I remember seeing a photo of um, David Starr lifting a championship belt in the in, with a crowd. I thought it was the progress belt. No. I was like, oh, they did it. Great. Then I realized it was OTT and I was like, oh, fuck. Because I was like, I really want that to be the moment. They have a star on their hands. I can't imagine with... And again, people agree, people disagree. I know we sort of briefly touched on this on some previous podcasts. I don't think David Starr's approach of trying to unionize and openly criticize WWE for the treatment of their performers could help him. I know it's like everyone, you know, what's right for business and will work there and you know if we see punk suddenly turn up in the rumble to go for mania you know that will that will be the biggest turnaround i think for any form of wrestling but progress can't put the belt on david star yeah because they maybe pro- that is the case i wonder we can't say definitively whether no, they can or they can't but that's know. the purpose of this opinionated podcast to speculate yeah sure of course yeah and I think the good thing that Progress keeping those relationships with WWE so they've still got access to some of the talent who helped made them to then help bring up the next guys because we said earlier we've got Cara Noir pushing to be a big star in Progress. Yeah, you've always, you've always got Zach Gibson in there still kicking around but because these guys are signed to NXT UK 
how much can they do? There's this weird thing where when NXT UK came along and Progress had a choice. It's really simple. They had a choice. Yeah. Either you play ball and we'll let you use some of the guys sometimes or you don't play ball and we're going to take all your fucking talent. Yeah. What do you do in that situation? And at the same time... You play t- ball, right? And you have to. At the same <laughs> time, you can do. all three of you guys, here's your permanent working contract Absolutely. for NXT UK. Do you remember we worked out how much we thought Progress guys were making a month? Yeah. Th- they were making good money. Yeah, but they're not making this money yeah wwe money yeah maybe so it's interesting it's really interesting this this show particularly let's come back to like yeah. the what would you know the main show um there's some beautiful moments some really beautiful moments there's some great story bookends there's some great story kind of middle sections and beginnings as well you can see them working yeah. to the next set of guys because they're losing four or five real central talents yeah. to what they were doing which is always concerning you've seen it with ecw you've seen it with wcw when you lose that block of guys that we all tune in for every week who else is left yeah you know it can be a problem um i think they did some really good stuff here i have a few issues uh outside of production mainly production right so but from a live experience (laughs) yeah from a live experience taking away what we've now watched yeah what were your what was your takeaway as it as a fan as a live show before we move on to the production um i remember going brixton's fun it's not good for pro wrestling agreed needs to be in the round absolutely needs to be around the move to wembley was the best fucking idea ever i wish they'd continued it i don't think they could have sold the tickets not with nxt uk and and also but they could have if they didn't they couldn't have gone to wembley in 2019 because of all that big oh wait (laughs) (laughs) he won't listen to the podcast i'll bury it (laughs) we we kind of know something that might be happening at some point but i think that's the kind of thing that we can't talk about right agreed <laughs> <laughs> just uh when it happens just say we told you so we know what we're talking about we'll yeah. see if that happens one day and we'll quote this back and see what happens we know where it's at um okay i'll be really quick about it all right production issues all right camera work is shit <laughs> i'm sorry it's fucking trash right they go on about how great their production crew is i fucking hate it um <laughs> they have dumb leds on their camera rigs these bright lights okay it's brixton academy you've got the best lighting in the whole of fucking london you don't need leds in your fucking cameras when you've got all this lighting on okay they break the 180 degree rule constantly okay they've got one camera facing forwards one camera facing backwards one camera's in a dslr one's a shoulder rig so none of it fucking matches it drives me crazy okay i'll get over it it's not too much clearly you won't (laughs) The guy with the big hair who does the vast majority of progress's stuff, right? He's done some beautiful work over the years. The constant focus pulls between the ropes and the character, the people in the ring are like, fucking focus, dickhead, focus, just constantly. It was just driving me crazy. Do you know the movie The Room? No. Okay, so it's, it's a terrible movie. It's the worst movie ever made, but it was made seriously. This doesn't bode well for what okay. this comment is going to be related to. Hold, hold on, hold on. Okay. So it's become like a running gag that you go to replays of this show, like in in uh, like art film places, right? And there's like a whole set of stuff. So every time you see a spoon in a fr- picture frame, okay, you throw a spoon at the screen, right? <laughs> okay. It's like become like a, like a sing-along, like a party atmosphere. Right. Go joke about the film because there's all these cliche things that happen. One of them is that the camera's constantly out of focus for whole sections and the crowd will just go, focus, focus. I was doing that the whole way through this fucking show. <laughs> it's driving me bonkers. Okay, last bit. I, I promise I won't say anymore. Okay. God, if I ever end up working for progress, I'm, I'm 
based on this rant, I'm never going to get to work in progress. <laughs> it's me. It's not you. It's fine. I think um, it's called Guilty by Association, Rob Lynch. So um, there's something on a camera called a shutter, right? So when something's too dark, you click this shutter and it goes dunk and it makes it slightly brighter. Okay, we all use it. Okay, the amount of fucking shutter changes, which is amateur shit, which is in this edit still. They've got 10 fucking cameras to cut to. They're like, clunk, 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 leaving all these fucking shutter changes. It drives me fucking insane. But as an uneducated fan... So amateur. But as an uneducated fan, they don't know any different. Because obviously, right, this this is the thing. So if you think that... And I know it's not right, because obviously you know how (laughs) it should be, and there are simple things that they can fix. Sure. And won't take it on board <laughs> so many people are just like what's this idiot talking about the production's great and i'm like it's fucking not it's I, fucking terrible i mean based on this rant i'm pretty sure progress won't share this episode <laughs> i hope they do but there's so much i love about progress but my god the production they go on about how artistic and all this bullshit is it's terrible so bad i can't i can't watch progress anymore i mean i really struggle to watch it because of the shitty production at this time right and some of the fans like it's a tiny minority of the fans that chant when they shouldn't and do all this sort of bullshit but they're so annoying i can't do it anymore i just couldn't watch it there's about a two-year period where i just stopped watching progress i i don't mind the production value as much because some fan interaction they said it's the minority i'm not gonna spend my money to get up to london and do like a three-hour train round trip to go to pro- progress shows yeah. where my entertainment is going to be ruined to a degree by the fans being the 12th man. Yeah. Whereas I will happily watch the stuff on demand because things like the shutters, like the shutter bits and the, the general production values... The out-of-focus, the bad lighting. Don't, <laughs> but, that, but, they, but they don't bother me. Okay, that, they cool. don't bother me because Great. it's not my profession. You're, I'm very pleased yeah. for you. But it'd be like you, it'd be like you sitting there going... I've done this spreadsheet, but the formula might be a bit out. Yeah, and I'll yeah. be like, no! Jay's <laughs> insane. Yeah, I get so, it. But sure. uh, for, from my standpoint, I like progress for what it's given the opportunity for so many people to have. Because had it yeah, not... Yeah. Had it not Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. All of that stuff, I completely agree with you. It's just production issues. And, and, it also and is- it's the simplest shit to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they have. You watch progress now, it's great. They watched a few Riptide shows and went, oh, fuck. That's how it's meant to look. You know? <laughs> Yeah. It's brutal, but it's true. Yeah. You know? The association with WWE, they were like, WWE came in and went, stop that bollocks. You know, this is how it's meant to look. You know? Yeah. But also, if you think from that standpoint, I mean, as you said, you've been doing this since you were, well, my voice just broke then, I'm 36. Um, you've been doing this since you were 20, in your, like, even late teens and early 20s when you made it this your your thing, your, your yeah, job. Yeah. I started making films around 14, 15. They're terrible, but, you know. Yeah. But if you think that a lot of these guys are their mates to start with, and this case of, Steve, could you come and just hold this camera at the show? Yeah, sure. They're, they're, they're going to learn on the job. I mean, SCPW work on a tiny budget compared to Progress. And their production's so much better. You're welcome. Yeah, I know. If you ignore my mild rookie error in the some of the most recent matches. Everyone makes mistakes, right? This is constant, we don't know what we're doing mistakes. You know? Who's the girl that does the, the camera work? A lot Claire. Of the, she's fucking excellent. Really good. Simple setup. Nice camera rig on a little steady kind of shoulder rig thing. Real simple. That's all you need. 
just stop playing with the shutter. That's all I'm asking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I watching this back. It was difficult for me to watch some of it because of that. The content is great. The first half is not as good, but there's some really fun stuff in it. The second half is outstandingly good at times. Yeah. Zach and Champ is brilliant. I love the origin stuff. I love the way they bring in new talent. Like they're trying to push Moser, Nixon, Dahlia, TK. All these guys I really love in pro wrestling, you know? My- Mambo. Yeah, my highlights for this, obviously, Champa and Zach. Yeah. Best match. Best match I saw that year. Second best match progress I've ever done. Yeah. I was such a big progress fan at this time. Yeah. I just wish they'd fix that little issue I have with it, you know? But would you say, so, cornflake rating for attending the show versus cornflake rating for watching it now back on demand? Uh, attending the show, the second half was such a good payoff. It was five. I went out of there buzzing yeah. by walking down Brixton High Street with like 2,000 other pro wrestling fans and just everyone was chuffed the Jimmy Havoc return everything that led up to that like with the Zack match and everything everyone was having such a good time the atmosphere was amazing I've come out of gigs there going ah fuck these idiots are in my way you know? <laughs> but, like, but that was really really fun five across the board everything because I didn't have to deal with the production issues yeah. either so yeah great and the sound production in there and the lighting god damn it's good done. Brixton is fucking amazing um, watching it back, it drops down to like a three for me. Okay. I know I give a lot of threes. I've noticed that recently, but uh, I, I had to watch some of it with gritted teeth. Yeah. Not just because of the production, but because it's like, uh, I just don't get what you're trying to do here. You know? Uh, for me, it's a four for both. Cool. I'm nice. Again, partly because it's also the foundations for what we do now. We average that as four. So yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Which is great. Um, there were some matches like hanging out with you doing it yeah. was a five I was like this guy yeah. knows wrestling like I know wrestling exactly. this is awesome yeah and I I will always champion progress because of what it allowed me to think to myself because going back from old Hamlock days yeah and then basically binning it off partly through employment partly through well I can't do music and I can't do wrestling and yeah. just getting jobbed out yeah sure I get it yeah and at that stage it's like can't really afford to train and do both mm-hmm. so being seeing progress at the early stages and again around early 2016 is when i started getting the itch of wanting to go back cool. to do some sort of wrestling yeah and even coming to this show you know like sometimes when you've been between bands and you go and see a gig and you'll be like oh fuck i miss doing this i do it right now because i'm not in a band yeah. currently yeah but going to that progress show i was a bit like oh man <laughs> how good would it be to do this again brit rest got to here yeah and progress drug us along for the last few years you know exactly so progress provided they keep doing what they do for their talent keep looking after their talent keep people like glenn involved because glenn is genuinely really creative i'm going to be really interested to see how matt gets on in creative as well now now jim's focusing purely on nxt bits cool and i hope it's going to have a bit of a different direction because obviously like things like unboxing that's a really fun concept i love that show live it's really good unboxing is a great concept and i think people it is going to be a sink or swim time for progress because i think a lot of the progress faithful as you said follow jim smallman and i wouldn't yeah. say anything bad about the product because i wouldn't want to offend jim because he's such a likable character as we've said before when we've been at shows he's been there he will have a chat with you he'll take the time he said hello to me in the interval in brixton yeah and it's completely off a whim what past me went All right i was like hey oh, hey how you doing yeah deliberately yeah just and like I was like, fucking no, you didn't have to do that, <laughs> you know. But I wonder how much patience progress fans will have without him there. 
Yeah. I hope they give Matt a chance to sit into his MC role. Yeah. And obviously having Matt come away from commentary now and having Fraser Thomas take over, because I know he's been doing a few bits recently, so that's going to be good. Didn't Con- know that. Okay. Congrats to Fraser Thomas for being able to get that full-time gig as well while he's trained to be a wrestler. Fraser Thomas, is that the guy with the moustache? Yes, the guy who used to be very, very big and then lost a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of weight. IPW, a ring announcer guy. Uh, no, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah. Where am I? No, you're thinking of someone else, uh, I think. Oh, okay, fair enough. I, d- I can't picture his face for some reason. But he's been quite good on commentary as well okay, so cool. far. Um, obviously, don't get me wrong, if he gets into full-time wrestling, I'd obviously like to apply. Oh, sure, yeah. To do commentary with Glenn, that'd be amazing. Fucking A. Uh, probably won't happen after this podcast. We might, <laughs> <laughs> might have to wait a little while longer. I'll um, take all the heat for this, I don't mind. I'm not looking for work in pro wrestling. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I... I really like progress. I sometimes some of the stuff they do is a bit marmite for me. Yeah. Some people I either love it or I hate it. There's no in between for me with with progress. But even seeing people like Pollyanna wrestle again, mm. Polly and Dahlia, amazing. It's um it's got to the point with British wrestling and that there's so much content out there, not just British wrestling but all wrestling. I I, I kind of want to go back to my favorite little time of pro wrestling with couple of hundred people in a small hall yeah i love it i absolutely adore it i love the cheesy gimmicks i love the raffle at halftime you know what i mean like this is one of the reasons why as long as matt will have me i want to be associated with scpw you sure. get like one one 150 200 people coming to shows i you, just don't you get think... a raffle you get good in-ring talent yeah good matches people who want to do well there's no egos there other than mine sure <laughs> <laughs> but like, i just don't think progress is for me right now yeah you know, it certainly was for a time period as they were coming up and stuff and it's, it's the classic thing of it's the cool band in your back pocket almost like maybe yeah. i am that dude i don't give a fuck yeah um it's just i just don't think i'm their audience right now they have an audience they have their club thing which yeah. i don't understand at all but whatever fine you know you that's working people seem to like it on twitter they retweeted like a thousand things the other day i was just like fucking unfollow because i was just so annoyed at all the retweets but anyway it's what it is i'll follow them again eventually when they invite us back to some backstage bullshit <laughs> which won't happen now <laughs> <laughs> but like you know it's uh I, they have their audience they have their fans they they made their decisions with the wwe thing they're, they're rather they are because of the decisions they've made in life yeah i couldn't be happier for them and this is the thing i think to get over and i know obviously that one of your main gripes of this company is their production values yeah it's got so much better yeah a it, lot better and also you can't deny that it still is the premier brit rest promotion yeah yeah, because they still get the crowd numbers. ICW hit their peak, and I think last time they ran the Hydro, it wasn't as successful as they wanted it to be. Yeah, you mentioned that before, actually, yeah. Progress is partly for association with WWE. It is the next step. You you get to Progress, you then get to NXT UK, and from yeah. there, if you do well, that's when you get onto a main NXT, and that's when you get to live your childhood dream. But the good thing now, when we were growing up, we had WWF. Yeah. or WCW they were the two places to work ECW they were the two places to work <laughs> <laughs> which you saw when you were much younger yeah, yeah sure. you then start to train isn't it going to be great in like 15 years time if both companies are still kicking around that some kid was like I always wanted to wrestle for AEW yeah fucking A man but um, 
I think we've run quite long. Yeah, yeah. It's been and a long one, but it's been interesting, man. I think there's some good yeah. conversation here, at least, you know, some funny moments and shit. We need good. to discuss off air what we're going to cover next week, because obviously we've got a, a slightly contentious pay-per-view potentially happening that we could cover ne- for Is next week. Is that this Sunday? That's tomorrow night. Uh, we're doing the Saudi show next week, then. Yeah, we are. Definitely. We have to do it, yeah. Because I think it kicks off, like, tea time for us on a Thursday. Oh, really? <laughs> it's amazing. I, I love being able to sit down with my dinner How and watch wrestling. How long the show? Is it like uh, a six-hour? Like, going to be 12 days. Oh, is it, it a really long be, one? It probably won't be finished before we do the I was thinking maybe we can do some silly watch along, but if it's that long, oh, then... it's gonna be far too long. Okay, fuck it. We'll just review it in the shortest time possible. All right, we're doing that. We've done them all so far. There's so much to talk about. You know, we have to joke about consulates well, for three hours, don't we? So and in all seriousness, as well, <laughs> WWE have got their wish. They have their first women's match. Mm, let's see tomorrow night. Let's see. We are going to get to watch a live stoning on the WWE <laughs> Network. Oh, what a way to end wildwrestlingpodcast.com is the best place to find us find us on twitter at world of rest pod we'll put up some polls and stuff about opinions and things as we go along especially as we lead up to the super quiz cup three which is going to be fucking great fun i can't wait to do that uh, i think it might be right to announce the first competitor are we gonna do it okay so uh as a defending champion tax williams is gonna be our first competitor we're gonna announce today you're because, gonna be on the pod because if not it'll be a bit shit that i don't turn up to my own quiz <laughs> So, uh, yeah, because you and, uh, wow, I've got what to call him suddenly. Uh, Mr. Wicked. Mr. Wicked, we're still calling him? Okay, so Mr. Wicked uh, won the last one as a tag team. Uh, I can confirm that this is going to be a singles competition this time. Which is now we've realised the only reason why I've won the Super Quiz Cup twice is because of Mr. Wicked. (laughs) So we'll unveil more as we get to it, but we've set a date to record it. And uh, we're going to be producing it in-house this time at the same place we used to broadcast. Well, we still record every week, but we used to broadcast live on YouTube with video. So, uh, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. I can't wait. Uh, where can people find you on social medias, please? Uh, I'm Fanboy Rich on Twitter is the best place to get me. Uh, I'm at the Tex Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This Friday, I'm doing commentary and potentially something else at Wrestling 4. Awesome. I'm up in Hellzone raising money for Acorns. It's a fantastic promotion, raising money for charity. Everything goes there. Check them out if you're Super in the Midlands. Cool. And if you can't see it in the Midlands, sign up for Turnbuckle TV and get to listen to my dulcet tones. Wicked. Is, do you know like the contact or website they can go find that so if they want to turn up to the show? Uh, they just look for search for Wrestling 4 on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or just follow the links I'm posting on my Twitter. You put like British Wrestling, Wrestling 4, charity event, whatever. It will pop yeah. up. You know, we're Add at, some words to the stuff. You know? We're at Benjamin's on Friday night in Hell's Own. Yeah. Super fucking awesome content and great, great. Yeah. I watched some of the, the Battle Royale stuff from before. Yeah. Hilarious work, my friend. Thank so, you very yeah. much. Uh, headlined cool. by uh, Dan Maloney. Drilla, uh, cool. defending the Grand Championship against Steve Valentino in the main event. Banging. This is a lot of fun to revisit this show. Happy days, mate. I did have to watch some of it with patience, let's put it that way, but it was, it was fun to watch it back. See you next week for Crown Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> this should be a laugh. All right, bye-bye, everyone.